talk all the time. This is one of those times. It's an intimate look on how we feel disclosure is going and the state of affairs in ufology. Pardon problem. Yeah. So, um, Grant Cameron did an interview with, uh, Chris Bledsoe and I can't, I can't remember. It was another guy too, but they were talking about the book, you know, UFO of God. And they were talking about, um, all the stuff that's not in the book and all the stuff that Grant, you know, Grant Cameron himself had personal, you know, like, Cause you know, Grant Cameron was there when, uh, you know, the dog incident happened. Right. Remember that whole thing where the dog got was like bleeding and, you know, basically Chris put his hands, his hands on the dog and then, you know, the wound healed up and the dog lived, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, all these other things, mm. but he had him on there and he was talking about all these experiences he had. And he was talking about stuff that didn't, didn't make the book. And it was interesting to hear some of the shit he was talking about, um, DNA. He's like, I got a document and I think it's still classified. <laughs> I'm like, yes, here, here it comes. Right. Cause Grant Cameron doesn't edit any of his videos. He just puts whatever, you know, whatever it's on there, he just puts it out. And, does, he get, um, does he get a lot of shit for that? I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, the only shit I remember before well, recent in recent times was when he put out the Oak Shannon notes with like people's social security numbers and shit on it. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the sort of thing that my mom would do, man. It's like, I mean, how old is Grant Cameron? Is he like 70 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like he, yeah. Didn't, he didn't redact any of the fucking, uh, <laughs> you know, the socias or whatever. And then, like, they took it down and put it back up. But it was like, oh, my God. But anyway, yeah. you know, that's like a perfect example, right? He just doesn't, he just fucking puts it out. So, well, Bledsoe was saying that there's, he's seen documents that uh, your your body, your DNA transmits to outer space via like a, gr- a green wavelength, a green light or something. And then it's like 156 megahertz. Okay. And it's the same thing that uh, you can pick it up on radar. It's like a, you can pick it up on radar, some kind of high, high intensity radar. You can pick up that mm. wave, but it, it's also plants and animals and humans, the D, whatever our DNA transmits. And he says it transmits via your DNA is the transmitter. Your skeleton is the, uh, uh, the the, tra- the transceiver, I guess. I think I might have this wrong. And then your your hair is the receptor. So your hair is a receptor. Your you know your and your skeleton. I have to look it up. Your skeleton is is you know the. I don't know. I, I posted a clip on it, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like he said, "This is all backed by science. This is all you know." Like what was what was the Hertz level rate of it? One hundred and fifty six megahertz. 156 MHZ. was brought in on this 10 years ago that they know for sure through um, science that they can detect a signal coming from our bodies transmitting on a radar frequency of, in the 156 megahertz range, which is a radar frequency, meaning it goes out and it hits something and it comes back. 
So each and every one of us humans, including the plants and the animals, are pinging a signal out into space and it's coming back. So our DNA is talking to the green light, to God. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, a, that's the most significant thing I've ever heard you say. That's, yeah. that's just amazing. Yeah, I've been Write around more about that. Yeah. Yes, and I tried to... I tried to start digging around for it and you know, yeah, I mean, you can maybe find something, right? Maybe not. But um, the other links that I started popping up when I searched DNA in 156 megahertz were interesting there. It's like, well, what are, what are these things? What are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, all this stuff. And it's just, it just sent me down another rabbit hole where I was like, well, okay. Uh, 156 megahertz ranges are in use and very, the various fire EMS police services uh, in Canada. Uh, oh. All right. Yeah, I see a lot of Earth to Space weather stuff and space research coming out of Canada as well, apparently. There you go. Interesting. Uh, when you start talking about green rays, especially if it's the Bledsoe saying that, I start thinking about the seven rays of theosophy. Uh, let's take a look at that, yeah? Right. He said it was something about the green, the green wavelength was the one that, yeah, that, that God, that was the communication of with God, the green active light. At green in the esoteric psychology of the seven rays. Green represents active intelligence. Um, let's have a little look into that. Um, yeah, okay, seven rays. Okay, so let's have a look. So, do you know about the seven rays? Uh, in theosophy. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of is theosophy, uh, but I mean, I guess it's probably it's it's out there in other belief systems too. But mm. um, I'm guessing she probably took it from Everybody some of the eight Buddhist stuff, you know. But oh, yeah, but seven rays. stole all that shit from Buddhist. So yeah. I, I think I, let me correct it. The skeleton is the antenna. The DNA is the transmitter, and the hair is the receptor. So the hair is a receptor. The skeleton is the antenna, and the DNA is the transmitter. Can I? I, I just uh, so. When I was with uh, Tim in New Mexico, we were on a UFO dig and with uh, Wade, um, Chuck Wade is the guy's name that invited us. And I, we sat at nighttime talking with Tim. And um, he told me that uh, NASA emulates our DNA because it's the best antenna. So our connection to his subconscious could be through our antennas, which is our DNA. Yeah. And if, if NASA is emulating it, we're emulating it with our own bodies. That's how we receive messages and why our thoughts are so powerful. We're transmitting and receiving at the same time. Yeah, we live in a wireless network. And here's the cool thing. Our skeleton system, now, the paper, I've gotten the paper. It's a published article that uh, one time it was confidential. I guess it still is. But the, uh, they know for sure that the hair is the receptor. When you feel your hair standing up, something's talking to you. Women have always been the, the most spiritual creatures on earth. It was the early church that, that did that, and they took the women out of the, the church. They, they uh, oppressed them, make them wear th- things over their face, and, and really – all the oracles were women. Why? Because they had more sensitivity to their hair. They know for sure in World War II there were wind talkers. They could they could talk, and and they had my hair sitting up. They had special abilities. These these Native Americans and the government used them in World War II. The minute they cut their hair, they lost all their colors. They've known this since the forties. There's nothing new. And uh, your hair is your receptor, and your skeletal system is is the is the antenna, and your DNA is the transmitter. So it's going through your body, out of your, and in your hair. And um, so all you women out there, that long hair is beautiful. And it actually gets you connected closer to the to consciousness, to the spirit world. 
Mark, didn't, didn't uh, Tim tell you the same thing? Yes, yeah. Yeah, it did. So that- mm, sounds interesting. Because um, obviously, like, you've got like, like certain biblical stories, like the power of uh, Samson through the hair. That's right. Uh, That's where I went right away. It was like, and then he was talking about the wind talkers from World War II with Native Americans that would be able to, de- 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 I can't remember the whole story of the wind talkers, but during World War II, it was Native Americans. And I can't remember mm. what, what um, you know, tribe they were with, but when they cut off their hair, they lost all their power as well. And it was like, oh, so that went right to Samson for me from the, the biblical accounts, right? The Yeah. And then you got like, of course, the Rastas, the yeah. Dread, um, think that that has some kind of idea of connection to the uh, cosmos or to the Godhead. Um, but that obviously, because Rastafari comes out of the um, Ethiopian version of the idea of the house of David, you know, Jude, right. Judaism. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. Oh, so yeah. the seven rays refer to seven primordial beings. Okay, so let's have a look. Which is green. Seven primordial seven and four. Um, primordial seven, the first seven breaths of the dragon of wisdom, producing their turn from their holy circumgyrating breaths, the fiery whirlwind. Um, yeah, I don't know how much that's going to relate to it, but interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, he would just—he was just like, "I'm just going to tell you this. I've never said anything this, and I think it's still classified." And he was like, "I've seen a document," and then just busted that all out. And I clipped it, and I clipped it, and I, you know, threw it up, and I was like, "Whoa, well, that's something." That uh, and the other part that was really interesting during that interview is that something that Ryan Bledsoe had told us previously mm-hmm. was that about singing a song in your head so that they couldn't read your mind. Remember that? That was like a, yeah. a thing. He, yeah. So he elaborated on that, but it was one of the, it was one of the questions, like the user question, or, you know, like the audience questions. And he said that um, he, he didn't, I guess it was Tim Taylor is what I'm assuming. I think it was either Tim Taylor or Hell Palmarov or whatever the other, it was, you know, his, his NASA friend. And I think it was Tim because when he went to the, he was talking about when he went to NASA and he was in that room that only 300 people had been in and all that stuff, <laughs> you know, where the, you know, presidents haven't gone and all that. And he said there was a black box Mm. It looked like it was all glass kind of outside of whatever this room is or, you know, like, and there was guys with machine guns guarding like this thing. And he said, when you get near this black box, it's like, it can read your thoughts. It can read your mind. So just keep singing a song in your head. So he said he did that. And he also said that he had an experience when he was with, um, yeah, Chase. Ch- that's it. Chase. Yeah, I'm, I'm screwed. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. The, uh, she's the one who's friends with Lou Elizondo. Yeah, so I guess they yeah. went to some type of haunted place, like a haunted kind of site that was haunted or whatever, and he didn't really like all this energy and all this stuff that was going on there. And I guess basically what he was getting to is that he had like missing time, but he sung the song. He knew something was going to happen, and he sang the song the whole entire time. So for him, it I guess he was regressed later and knew that it was, but, but she and like all these other people had like 15 minutes or something of missing time, and he didn't or was not affected by whatever happened or something like that because he was singing the song in his head as this whole shit was going down. Yards and you come out on a high-tension power line. This is a big clear-cut, far as you can see, these big lines of holes. So we only had a 100-yard head of woods behind that door. The ditch is right behind the cap, six-foot deep ditch, all of us in tow. My friend from NASA said, you want to see him tonight, sing a song. Sing, it. sing a song that's four minutes long. So they don't know your thoughts. Don't stop singing it. Don't think about anything but the song. I said, okay, I'll do that. So I'm in tow behind eight, seven people, and I'm singing my song. We go across that thing, and we get to the power line, and there we stood up, walking up down the car. Time to go home. We get back to the same spot on the program, come out. Pete says, okay, everybody follow me. We're going to walk straight across to the cabin. So he's in the lead. 
God is out of the watch on. I'm in the rear. I'm singing my song for you. We get just a ways into the forest. I see these guys begin to get freaked out because this phenomenon has a way of putting fear into you. If you get near it, it can project fear in your thoughts and, and you have no idea. It's just why you're afraid. That happened to me on the river first. Time. It happened to me in 76. I was going to ask about that exact same thing. Never so scared my whole life and it ended in a flash. It was just like it was there and it was gone. And it was like, yeah. so when you described that, I know exactly because you talked about the fact you were never afraid of anything and there was nothing for me to be afraid of. It just came. And it, it's very strange, this fear yeah. thing when people talk about it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so to, to, that's what's going on. I was totally singing my song and then watching them. These police officers were like, want to get your guns already. And uh, they, they were going that way. And I reached up and I tapped Chase on the shoulder while I'm singing because I saw one of these beings, green eyes glowing, look around the tree at us. And when I tapped her on the shoulder, I pointed. She went, oh God, she saw it with me. Well, we only walked another few yards and we come up on the ditch. It's only 100 yards across, so it takes 15 to 12 minutes to walk from one side to the other. We timed it going across. I did, so I knew how long it took to cross the woods. When we walked, when we got to the ditch, when we stepped in the ditch, we only had 10 feet, you could see the cabin. When we stepped in the ditch and come out of the other side, we walked back out on the bottom. Pete looked at me and said, oh my God, he grabbed his head like that and said, what just happened? Everybody freaked out. Chase freaked out. I didn't say a word. I just kept singing my song. We turned around and we walked 15, 12, 15 minutes back across, come back out on the ditch, step back out to our cars, and everybody called it the night. We were wondering what happened. Chase called me on Monday and said, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, I know what happened. I said, we lost 15 minutes of time. That's how long it takes to cross that head of woods. You saw the beam. I pointed him out. And I know we lost that time. She said, oh, my God, it was exactly 12 minutes. And all their time clocks, they had helmet cams on. They had all their stuff. This goes on crew. And all their stuff recorded it. The time. So, but I don't remember. She didn't remember what happened during that loss of time. I wonder, um, you know, because like I've, I've, this is the one case, right, which if I was going to talk to anybody who wasn't into all this stuff, well, they'd probably just be like, this is absolute baloney. It's religious claptrap, yeah? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. But, but once you research it, like, and you go a bit deeper than what's being said and stuff, which is sometimes seems quite overly dramatic, but from what we've researched in the background, like, it, it goes a lot in a lot of different ways, like the esoteric stuff, like some of the weird synchronicities that come with the study of this topic. So I got time for the Bledsoe story. No, oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, he, he yeah. did actually name Hathor in this in this podcast as well. He did. He actually said, Hathor. "Well, that's good because they didn't put it in the book." So it's like, what's that right. all about? Man? Like after like what probably about three years of teasing that name and then laying it out there and so on and making a big deal of Hathor. I wonder why they kept it out of the book. I don't know. He said he did say that the book was twice as long as it was, and they wanted the editors or whoever was editing it wanted to keep it down. Pretty big, big deal though. It's like you know, you're actually naming like what you think this, uh, this goddess is. It's like it's wild. My personal speculation on it, or I might be wrong. Yeah. But my personal speculation is the fact that most people out there, after the amount of time that was it was researched online, yeah. saw the fact that it had corresponding um, points to the Stargate conspiracy stuff, like the the nine, the, the idea nine, of reintroduction yeah. of the Egyptian gods, and then of course like. The fact that Hathor in the Ordo Templi Orientis is synonymous with Babylon at times. Yeah. So so I'm guessing this is reasons to keep it out of a book about the, the second coming of Christ and stuff. You know what I mean? And UFOs. Speaking of the second coming of Christ, there he is, John <laughs> Warner the fourth, everybody. Antichrist. <laughs> Jesus, look at him. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm terrified already. I know. Beware. He doesn't even have to say anything. <laughs> How are you, John? How are you feeling? Um, pretty good. Um, can't complain. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so, how's it going with your uh, with your adoring fans over on the D- Dark Journalist website? Oh God. Um, I love how you've I love how you've got your own cocktail now, mate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> You start marketing that. 
You got to start bottling I, I, it. I felt it. like having a drink, and my wife was like, have a martini and have the big shaker. And I said, ah, oh, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought, you know, all my detractors were going to say, look at him. He's just a drunk asshole. Yeah. Well, that'll come when they yeah, want. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but, look, I'm on the cover today. I'm part of the team. You see what he's saying? Look at that. Oh God, really? <laughs> look at that, man. Seriously? It's the out. It's the out. out. <laughs> Sold out. I'm using I'm using this as my tin for a hat. I'm like <laughs> standing. Yeah, probably probably beams more shit in than it does blocking anything. Yeah, <laughs> it beams the sigh up directly in instead of blocking anything. It pulls it right into your fucking head. That's it. I can hear it all now. Oh my God, <laughs> the tic tacs are coming. Oh my, it's dangerous. God. We must invest more money in weaponry quickly. <laughs> quickly weaponry, man. It's. Oh. We were just talking about the Bledsoe case and how it ties to Hathor and how they left that all out of the book and some of the other shit that I posted. Um, John Luke and I were talking about like the he had this. He said I saw this classified document that basically says that your DNA is the transceiver, your hair is a receptor, and your skeleton is the and I forget what it is. John Luke, I just said it like a bunch of so your your hair is a receptor, the skeleton is the antenna, and the DNA is the transmitter, and it communicates at 156 megahertz via agreed wavelength to somewhere in the center of the universe and you can pick it up on radar and all animals plants and humans do this talking to it god would, i guess that wouldn't surprise me um you know they they say our auras can be tracked so remember the military calls it bioluminescent electromagnetic intelligence field oh yeah <laughs> the belief oh belief so, that- yeah, everyone's like, oh, I got to hide out. And it's like, there's no hiding out for anybody. You can pick that up from satellite, right? Just figure out where the hell you're at off of that. Yeah, they can they can track your ass anywhere under the earth, too. I, I guess if you went to a solid steel box somewhere underground, maybe that would do it. I don't know. That would kind of suck, though, wouldn't it? You'd have to have a pretty nice solid steel box. <laughs> <laughs> no air. That's it. Not practical. No, well, you know what? That's interesting. You bring up a good point. I was watching, and uh, Russell Targ was interviewed by Jeffrey Mishlove. I think no, actually, Richard Dolan interviewed Russell Targ, and yeah, I watched it last night. Did you hear what he said about we had to put um, your Uri Geller in a Faraday cage so he didn't get any um, transmissions from his friend and Andrea Puharich? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like what? What? Like Puharich was beaming shit into into Yuri's head, um, like I'm what's sure probably it? via his tooth. It's like in warfare, you know. That goes way back, probably yeah. since time immemorial. You know, yeah, I don't know. That, I get strange headaches and signals in my ear. Oh yeah, at all. So I'm sitting in this little telephone booth covered with screen, which you allowed electricity. But the psychics like that, and we did it so that Larry Geller could not receive electric signals from his friend Andrea Puharich. We had, this is a anti-signaling cage we built, and it turned out that the psychics like being in the shielded room. That's something we learned. My life. Buzzing. But it's just interesting that he, you know, I think Targ is, what, in his 80s now, so he's just saying stuff, you know. Like, he says that, you know, there was another podcast where he was on, and Jack Safardi was like, you remember getting that phone call, Russell? When it, for the phone call from the aliens in, in the future? And, and Russell Targ was just like, what? what? Just like pretending like he didn't hear him and just fucking did I can just let it go. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean? And, you know, what do you think? Uh, what do you think you meant by that? By by just <laughs> letting that roll? 
I, I don't know. I, I think that just probably like he didn't want to either admit to it or, you know, maybe he, he didn't want to talk about it because it's probably classified or, you know, something. I don't know. But I don't know if that was like if the, they were like the first people to be mind controlled psyoped or whatever or, or, or something, because there's that group of those people that are well, still like, in that field. Right. That's what they do. They're like the original yeah, Indigo, offs. But the Indigo children of the the became more popular in the 90s, but they've been hammering that idea since the 50s mm-hmm. or more mm-hmm. earlier, like the, the chosen ones, the, the next generation, um, heavily related to what was coming out of the hippie stuff out of Esalen and, and then Scientology, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, uh, but it's interesting, like, but I think that the reason the esoteric side of the world of, of life were trying to explain away early ADHD symptoms as being that of the indigo children. Ah, okay. Which could explain Jack's off <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But... There's all kinds of weird shit. I'm I'm I, on Tuesday I'm meeting with John L. Peterson. He lives out not too far from my farm. Hmm. He's an old timer. He uh I guess he's in his maybe eighty, late seventies. But he's the guy that said he was you can look up his website, Paradigm Research Center. Okay. He's an interesting guy. I mean, uh, he he's very careful with his words, but sometimes the thing he's he does a lot of videos with Greg Braden, who's pretty oh, okay. used to work for the government and and some. So they have both of their you know what they talk about is not super duper exciting, but they talk about like what is disclosure going to look like, and uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna tell him i had a phone conversation with him and i, I just said and you know, he said he was in the room 30 years ago with the, the top level people and they had 40 ideas for disclosure and only three of them didn't involve a financial collapse and a french revolution and uh, i said you know I, I wonder if that those options are gone today wow said, they might be gone um mm-hmm. waited too long they to be fair with it, all these people doing disclosure, you know, the UAP task force arrow, all these people, they had to kind of wait till the older black hats kind of died off or got too old. Right. Yeah. Cause they want, they didn't want to go to prison. They don't want those people to. No. And they, right? you know, they want those guys to die out. Bobby Ram is one of them. He doesn't say shit, you know, well, Jay interviewed him, you know, for, yeah. for project, you know, and he, he, you know, denied all of it right like that no that didn't happen no that didn't happen no it didn't happen right and he's like 92 or three right yeah. well, and, he's, um, he's a, he, the thing is that when you look at like his connections to this, all of this stuff like he um he was part he was a was he a director of wackenup area 51 security hmm. uh which obviously if you're looking to what wackenup were up to on these indian reservations to running drugs and oh sorry running arms and money laundering operations Wacken up recovering for that. Uh, and then he was over it. He was one of the main directors over at SAI. Um, so my speculation was was simply not that there were people already done, but quite in the future. That's why my, remember 89 is when I began my JPL and my much deeper engagement in unmanned research of other planets in the system. Voyager, which is now already gone out into 
in the stellar space, the two Voyager satellites. Um, the very thorough look at Saturn and Jupiter and others. So I'm much more confident now than I would have been in 89 that there are not other entities within our galaxy that could provide extraterrestrial research. Did One you question mark you saw, I've been cautious here in till we really understand interstellar and can look out and have a high level of confidence that there's not another even more advanced society out in other galaxies. Can we just absolutely say that makes sense? So the big challenge now is to go back and explore all of the phenomena that would explain what the pilots have seen in a more recent episode. They're more complex. The ones I dealt with earlier, the, the uh, port jets over Phoenix and all, those were pretty simple to solve. Yeah, Bobby Raymond, man. Like, um, He's he got was, his hands in every single one of those companies. Well, right? Is it SAIC, SAIC down in San Diego? That's yeah, the, the same thing with Putoff and Targ, and they did all the psychic research, and they had all their hands well, in that. Well, that's it. I mean, that's it. We're running the, they took over the, the Stargate project in the 90s. Right. And it got merged into what they were doing there in San Diego under Bobby Ray Inman's watch. Um, yeah. The place so that he, had the, the Egyptian statues MJ1. out front. Yeah, he was MJ1. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that my dad knew him well and they had been friends since, I mean, I remember Bobby in the 70s in the Pentagon. I mean, he was the top guy for so long. Um, which is why now I think my dad knew a lot more than he let on. Mm. Um, before I thought, mm, I don't know, and but now, fuck, you know. And that my biggest concern is, um, no matter how many people in the disclosure movement, you know, wave flags and bitch and scream, uh, we're gonna get what the the government, and the Pentagon, and Arrow, and the Chris Mellon, and all these assholes, we're gonna get what they're gonna give us. And I still can't figure out what is their impetus. And I still don't understand why the Grush thing didn't make the major papers. You think that was on purpose? Do you think the major paper squashed this story? Like they were like, we're not printing uh, this shit? Well, they might have been. This is, you know, he was out there talking about alien bodies and flying saucers. So maybe they were just going to test it in News Nation. I mean, it's, it's obvious to me that the debrief in News Nation are kind of, you know, they just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. news nation started in chicago and then it was sold and now it's like a mouthpiece of i don't know you tell me cia dia you know but what isn't i think the only thing that isn't are probably like social media podcasts things like that that's you know that's and then those are probably infiltrated at some point too but i mean they have their hand on all of that shit it's completely obvious like the chick that came out and testified about um, you know, the Twitter or like, I can't remember all the news stories they, they buried her for. And then it came out about the Hunter, the laptop thing. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just straight up. They told her it was bullshit. And then now it's like, yep. Yeah. They're true. bombarding us. And Farrell said this on DJ. He said, they're doing the climate thing. They're doing uh, the UFO thing. They're doing the, you know, COVID and, and still talking about COVID and vaccine problem. They're just bombarding us. Uh, shotgun approach with all kinds of things and it's it's actually very confusing because instead of trying to cover everything up now now they're coming out with and just telling you shit obviously they want to control the narrative i, I don't necessarily think it's all bad mm-hmm. i think the group thing was good mm-hmm. in a sense um 
but you know why trust them you know with all this and but we're going to get what we're going to get because the media you know we're we're outgunned uh, 10 billion to one in the media <laughs> control and you know and they're going to tell us what we want um where the disclosure movement comes in is when we you know within i think 10 or 15 years when there's a tipping point when they keep telling us all this bullshit or they do a alien invasion thing or whatever it is people are going to be like wait a minute something's not right the government's never told us the truth what's going really going on right and you know i said in my interview they're going to build bridges across the grand canyon you know there's <laughs> just you know a couple hundred thousand people on the other side you know that and that's going to be a mess um you know, I don't know what I'm going to discuss with Peterson. I, frankly, I, I, I'm beginning to think of most of this stuff as a lost cause. Um, we're going to get what we get and, and how people handle it. You know, it'll slowly go off the rails because if they want, like I said long ago, I said, they don't care about crashes. They don't care about UFOs. They don't care about alien bodies or whatever. No, they care about the dirty laundry. So they want to control the narrative and tell, and they have to do that by telling some truth, mm -hmm. you know, they've been doing a little, you know, and, and then at some point, you know, Oh, they told us about the alien thing. Oh, well, you know, and but, I, I mean, just don't see that working. I mean, do you guys see that working in the long run? No. And people don't give a shit. I mean, mostly, I mean, I tell people that's the thing. They just don't personally, care. Personally, I think that it's, a, it's, it's deceptive in the fact that if I want to actually say what I believe on it, like if I want to talk about nuts and bolts, I think that what they're trying to aim to do is obviously release the idea of some sort of advanced tech, whether that's alien or not. But what I think probably is the fact that if this information has been received from like extraterrestrials, I'd say it's probably more like demonic forces, like because a lot of this stuff comes from channeled messages from occult esoteric groups um most of which of these beings are saying they're usually the ones that are telling you this are either from aldebaran or sirius which all plays into the mystery schools ethos from over the last thousand years you know um so it's kind of like you know if you were able to sort of make people believe they're aliens and this is where this information is coming from but then you say all right well actually these aren't aliens these are actually the the devils and the demons of our religions, literal devils and demons, and maybe angels, that shit don't wash. People are going to believe aliens before they're going to believe that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're not going to want to believe it's devils and demons and that there's witches in Nazi Germany that were communicating with jinn or shaitan or whatever it may be, and then being given special secrets to advance... Well, that's well, the, the Nazi Empire, yeah? <laughs> yeah. and now the Ameri now the American Fourth Reich, with mm -hmm. all due respect, and the British. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> so like, um, I think the idea of disclosure, like you know, but I'm probably wrong. But this is what I think it is because, and also, if you look at who's delivering this current disclosure narrative, they all have an occult background, mm -hmm. pretty yeah. much. No, and I it's not, and it's not easy going. Oh, it's John the nice. 32 degree Rosicrucian we hang out with it's <laughs> the OTO yeah no they're 33rd degree Freemasons probably some most of them 
and they're probably you know within the left-hand path because the left-hand path you know they're not so much into service to others but they're service to self so you know it's like any other secret society or group you know they're all all these guys if you drill down on them uh you know ross coulthard i don't know what his deal is but you know tom DeLong's a freemason he was part Mm -hmm. of their yeah, I've got still no is. idea about Coulthard, about how he comes into this story because yeah. you know it, it's so strange that he's decided to go this route. Yeah, well, they'll pick somebody who's extremely ambitious. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but because I mean, is he, you can control somebody who's you know Ross Coulthard wants to be the most famous journalist in the world, break the UFO story, you know, and he wants money and fame and power. I mean, it's the oldest thing in the book. Once somebody desires all that, you can control them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's a that's a weakness, you know. Well, um, I mean, what does what does somebody like Ross Coulthard at the moment, right? So he writes articles that get put into a couple of newspapers, occasionally appearing on like some kind of sixty minute special or whatever it is they do out of Australia, where they'll talk about the balls or whatever it is. Where's his income stream coming from? This, like realistically like a couple of articles going out well he wrote so, that book too right he wrote in you know that book that i mean but i don't know how um, much you make oh, how much you, you know more than anybody else how much you make on a book i'm sure that's not letting them retire right like no you're not gonna make money off books no yeah, i mean so there was that you know he did that in plain sight book i think it's what it's called or or something but right. you're right though he's he's pushing the narrative to he's he's yeah. probably smart to a point and that's how they they get you. They want people who are smart, but not too smart. Uh-huh, right. It'll get you know ask too many uncomfortable questions, you know. And he's probably you know they've been able to you know hire him to do this and say, oh, you got you're helping humanity, and you know, and he's like, oh, I'm 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 going to go down as the most the best reporter in the world, you know. I'm going to help humanity, kind, yeah, right, and. Ooh. But really, they're controlling him, and maybe he really doesn't know. It's like Tom DeLong. I mean, do these people really know they're they're being manipulated? Um, well, it's like your guy, that guy. What was his name? Giorgiani. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Giorgiani did yeah. something very clever, and he said, he said, you know, these people are being manipulated. Well, that's their own fucking fault. It, you know, you either grow up and you stand up for yourself, and you, you don't take bullshit. Yeah. Um, you're soft-minded and the three of us are not that you know there's there's a few people out there i i fear richard dolan is a little soft-headed um who will cave under money flattery and promises of fame you know things like that that people will cave for that right Right. No, I think that the real when you come to that gets to the point where you're dealing with some of the people who are pushing this narrative like whether they are frightening in themselves a lot of their backgrounds are frightening like where they come from where they where they claim to come from the people they know like you are suddenly dealing with the the occult and for people who aren't into that stuff the very mention of that's frightening yeah mm-hmm. like uh you know and that's why a lot of people just just get to the point where they're just ignorance is bliss <laughs> they don't want to know that stuff yeah that is not what they want to know they want to they want to they want the x-files yeah, in fact, they don't even want that. They want close encounters of the third kind. Now, you could forget the occult. The, the general public doesn't want to know about black cats and pentagrams and, and you know Moloch. You know they don't no. give a shit. 
No. But you know, it's like when you when you talk about strange connections, I threw it out there on the interview. I said, you know, David Grush is from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. One <laughs> bank is. You know, and I know Chris Mellon has a little townhouse there and he lives in Rolling Rock. The yeah. Mellons of Pennsylvania who live in that region, they all have a footprint in Pittsburgh and in the Rolling Rock, their homes, that's their country estates. Mm. You know, like my cousin Armour, he's got, you know, rolling hills. It's beautiful. It's like my farm. You know, that's that's their digs. But most of them have, a, you know, I'm just saying it's it's a little interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It's from Pittsburgh and just this blue collar guy. And it's like, man, well, it's ruined this guy for years. Pittsburgh's got, um, in terms of strange groups as well related to this, coming out of Pittsburgh, you've got, Historically, the Shikshini Knights of Malta, yeah, uh, a pseudo offshoot of the, and of course, like the Knights of Malta stuff. When you when you look into the history of that in all of this, it's it's pretty big because Blavatsky was funded a lot of the stuff that came out of the Knights of Malta stories. They had links to it because of her bloodline being. Did you know this man? She's related to. Um, she's from the same bloodline as Vladimir the First of Ukraine. So when we talked about that, the original like Rus warlords and stuff like that, really, uh, she's one of them. Yeah, wow. yeah, like, it's wild when you start following. I didn't, I never didn't know that until recently. But like, um, anyway, so when you look at the support for the Russian royal family after the um, the royals were killed, after the Romanovs were murdered, yeah, mm-hmm. um, what was carried through with that was that the Knights of Malta were the ones that apparently had tried to assist their escape. And at the same time, the idea that when you start digging into all the history of this stuff, they will keep coming up. The Romanov name will keep coming up in these offshoot Knights of Malta um, oh. spin-off groups. And they all seem to focus around Pennsylvania, yeah? Pittsburgh. Really? Um, well, there was one in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, who claimed to be Anastasia, and no one could figure it out to this day whether she was the real thing or not. Yeah. But I found that interesting. Yeah, the Knights of Malta, you know, the royals always have the Maltese cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're automatically, you know, I wonder if Chris Mellon and Grouch are Knights of Malta. Uh, when I was That's reading the big one, remember Colin Powell was made one. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Benito Mussolini was a Knights of Malta. And I I found a picture of Andrew Mellon with um, Benito Mussolini. Oh, so um, I mean Yeah, well, yeah, and um, another high-ranking Knight of Malta. Um, and then it turned out that Andrew Mellon was best friends with this guy. I can't remember what his name was, but he was best mates with this, guy, this fellow who was a high-ranking Knight of Malta in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um and the two of them went off and visited Benito Mussolini in like, 1922 or something. Um, so I'd probably, I'm starting to think that maybe there's that little sniff of Knights of Malta in that family. Well, that's that's good sleuthing. I didn't know any of that. Well, I might be wrong, but I'm just doing, I'm putting, I'm putting like connections between individuals at the time together. And the fact that they were friends with Benito Mussolini and guests at his house. Um, that interests me. <laughs> well, especially with if Grush coming out saying that Mussolini had the first UFO and that the Vatican yeah, hit, good right? Catch. And they yeah. didn't mention the Black Forest one of 1930, which was even older. Um, Let me find this Mussolini. I wonder if these 
see what they're doing is they're rolling out these whistleblowers they're team players yeah in other words, they're all the malta or some other secret society and and they're all they're going to give us disclosure you know melon style really <laughs> you know, where everyone's in cahoots with everyone else and that's it's what they be. do it's got to be it's got to be been doing that forever yeah the Malta, the Knights of Malta thing, and John Luke and I have been talking about this earlier the in the year. It was last year and the beginning of this year. It was like the Pope, though, like completely severed the head of the Knights of Malta. It was like, uh, if I'm, I'm right, they were just like, there's this big infighting going on about who should be the leader. And the Pope was like, that's it. You're done. I'm going to install a, uh, you know, a preliminary leader. Um, and then we're going to have a, you know, uh, overhaul and we're, we're going to vote somebody else in or whatever. And it was like a huge deal. Um, because it had never happened out of the 2000 years or whatever, how many thousand years that had happened, the Pope just stepped in and was like, no, because they have so much authority. I started digging into it. It's like, they have their own, I think you could get a passport. They have their own, uh, I think they're like a non-voting member of the UN or some shit like that. So they have, um, political amnesty or what is it called when you can, you know, you, you, I can't remember. You commit a crime and you can't really be prosecuted for it because you have amnesty. Yeah, because immunity. Of, oh, yeah. They get yeah. immunity. They bring stuff across borders. They get all kinds of privileges. Yeah. They have their own passports and shit. The and I'm top, like, top secret societies in the world. They have. Yeah. They were they were part of the, They were helping with the rat lines. They were the ones getting a lot of the Nazis out. By that's the, right. The Knights of Malta. Um, and that's where Corso comes into it. Philip Corso, stationed in Italy at the time. Big part of helping these guys through the through the uh, rat lines, and of course he was a shik shinny knights of Malta, an offshoot which people say it was a pseudo branch, but was more affiliated with the esoteric thinkings of the what I was saying before about the Russian Romanov family. It's wild, yeah. <laughs> I don't fully understand it. I'm still trying to put it put to put this stuff together. You know what I mean? Well, the you the Knights of Malta, you think the Freemasons are secretive? You can't find anything about the Knights of Malta. They won't even disclose members. There's like a handful of people that they know were Knights of Malta because they talked about it, but they're like, they don't even come out and say it. They don't do anything. It's really underground. Like from their website, you can tell that that you didn't get to do all this service to others and all this other shit to be a member. And it's like, well, then why are they making political figures or whoever? Like you said, Colin Powell. You know, is it fucking like like so? What are they doing? Complete bullshit. All these like the the UVA ones, the sevens at my college. They always say they're do-gooders. Oh right, yeah. Well, they're mm-hmm. they're doing good for themselves, you know. And, and the fascists, you know, it's the, you got to have the left-hand path to have the right-hand path. You know, there's no dark versus light. It's all you know. Yeah, all these people are doing their jobs so that we up our game and do our jobs. I mean, it's just. Hey, John Majorowski, yo, can you put screen sharing on, man? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. I'll show you this picture of your. Uh, of Andrew Mellon and Mussolini. Uh, hang on. Let's see. Can I do it? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, da, da, da. Enable. It's got to be enable screen share in here somewhere. Da, da, da. Also, remember when he met Mussolini in the twenties? The Ku Klux Klan. Boy, they had uh, half of Congress were Ku Klux Klan. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. The 1920s had huge parades in D.C. Fascism was on the very fashionable in the 20s and 30s. The American Nazi Party. I mean, it was it was not uncool to go, you know, 
if Hitler had came to America in the 1930s, he would have had a warm reception in most places. Yeah, now, I reckon he would wouldn't too, have man. liked him. But well, it's like um because one of was reading about all these secret societies that essentially when you look into them, the fascist, like the Shikshini Knights was fascist, ultra-right, uh, fear of communism, basically. Um, and obviously the links to the fact that they were pulling the, the Nazis out of Germany on the right and helping with that, that and getting them into America. But the precursor to the Shikshini Knights was the, um, the, the, is it the order of, the noble order of the Blue Naboo? Which, when you start looking into that, was just a full-blown Nazi fascist organization, um, who kind of it was essentially like the belief in Atlantis, the Superman, like the the secret masters going into theosophy, mm, yeah, yeah. which is exactly yeah. which is, is what's kind of getting pushed now through this. Um, it's almost like a carry on of that, yeah. That's, so the way I see it, it's like a spiritual progression of these groups through like decades and decades. Oh, yeah. The, the Knights of the Golden Circle, the, the Southerners who wanted to kill Lincoln during the yeah. war, before the war, yeah. during the war. Um, yeah. You know, they, uh, sorry, go on, John. Sorry. There, there's, there's a million of these groups. Mm. Uh, you know, it, you have to admire, you know, they, they've all got this organized and it's like, where's the right hand path stuff? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it doesn't seem to be very, uh, oh, yeah, shit. Let me capture that. Oh, I'll send it to you, man. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, so that's with, um, that is with, and I'll stop sharing that. Uh, so that picture, so the connection to the Knights of Malta through those guys was Andrew Mellon's good friend and business partner, Henry Clay Frick. Oh, yeah, the Frick. He donated the Frick Museum. Um in New York, and these guys were all in coots. I'm sure Andrew Mellon was a knight of Malta. Um, yeah. Maybe so my I'm, grandfather, too. I don't know. Um, do you think this is the link, then? I wonder if it is. Could be. It yeah. honestly could be. I mean, if it's not the Masons, it's it's probably something else, right? It's well, like, then, you know. The, the other side of it is, obviously, like, you've got, like, an element of connection through to the propaganda uh, Jew, yeah? P2 Masonic Organizations of oh, Italy. The, it, the Italy thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, who then had the relations straight through to the Argentinian neo-Nazis who were being, who were kind of being run by, uh, what was his name? Los Brujas, the warlock, who was a Argentinian Nazi who was an advisor to uh, is it Peron at the time? I can't remember what his name was. But um, he's he had security details at the time from the Cuban uh, right-wingers. Right? So that's Brigade 2506, Alpha 66, which is Lou Elizondo's dad's thing. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I've been finding out anyway. Seems like it's legit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Probably sort of thing you get murdered for, though, eh? <laughs> so I wonder I, I have to wonder now if you're not right John and maybe that Chris Mellon gave him the go ahead to mention the 1933 Italian UFO crash and I think he did in the same testimony I had uh, to. maybe that's come down through his side of the Mellon family uh, I've heard about the Italian thing a long time ago but 
it had to do with Enrico Fermi and some other people working on free energy from from all that stuff. Mm. Oh, and, and so, Marconi. Yeah, that, Marconi yeah. was in the mix. Yeah, it was Marconi was part of that too. With a, a lot because of the... Marconi didn't invent radio. Most people, there was another guy who did. And, yeah, Tesla. <laughs> yeah, but it was somebody else too, and they got uh, short drift. And and Marconi was promoted. Right. 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 It's yeah. how the team player thing works, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the Vatican is the idea of the linchpin in all of this shit too, right? Because the Vatican's the ones that are granting the Knights of Malta their charter or whatever you want to call it, right? Their free reign to be able to be, you know, ind- well, they, an independent state and all this other bullshit that they they have. And, well, they are the the main order, like the. Cause, but then these offshoots are denied by the Vatican. Like oh, yeah, because they've got this link to. The Romanov family, the Russian kind of Orthodox Church stuff, and like, oh, so there's where they sever that. They get the, the the Knights of Malta, and then any of the offshoots are connected to the Romanovs, and the Vatican doesn't want anything to do with any of that shit. Well, I, I don't. This is the thing. It's like I'm I'm not an expert on this area because like, yeah. this is what I'm finding. Like when I'm reading stuff now, like I'm putting trying to put the pieces together, and it's leading me down that path, but. Mm-hmm. To have a proper opinion on it, I've probably got to read another 50 books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I'm trying to, I'm working on, man. Like, this, this isn't the field of research that I'm in at the moment. I'm tr- trying to get this stuff right. And without wanting to come out and talk about this stuff like fully and sound like an absolute kook who's done no research. Mm. Like, um, I mean, I have, I've got my, I've got my research, but at the moment it's still like a skeleton. I need yeah. to like flesh it out and I need facts because in the minute, like if I, it's going to say any of this publicly or like properly publicly and push it. Um, I wouldn't have enough evidence. I ain't got the receipts yet, but it's coming together. You know, it seems to be coming together. <laughs> well, it, it, all the black hats are connected. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they wanted the Romanovs out of Russia because it's the Royal bloodline. Yeah. And so, uh, they needed that. They needed, you know, more bloodlines, the better. Um, and the Bolsheviks just murdered them. Um, Somebody in the Bolshevik high command knew we've got to get rid of the Romanovs or, or they'll come back. Hmm. And um, they got rid of a bunch of them. So it's it's strange politics and bedfellows. Hmm. Um, I'm just not sure. I mean, obviously, the general public's never going to figure all this crap out because we're trying to figure it out, you know, over years. And But the dots are connecting. Um it's whether or anybody will really listen to it. Um, well, exactly, man. Like, this is what I found. It's like, as soon as you start talking about any, like, historical truth, like, you know, really get into the nitty-gritty of this mystery, that's when people just turn off because they're interested in Area 51. They're interested in, well, they, I don't want to say they. I don't Roswell the and general public. Gray aliens. And- the majority of people that are following the disclosure stuff, they, they're hooked on the pop narrative from the last 40 years or slightly more so when you come back and start talking about religious conspiracies the right wing the far left like russian orthodoxy in 1885 people are just like i'm not interested in any of that yeah and so even if you did disclose it all people would just be like well i ain't got the attention span to to be interested anymore (laughs) show me the aliens that's all all anybody wants in it well it's like it's like my friend military friend who said you know hey listen we love all our friends and family and the normal people, but you got to let the five-year-olds be five-year-olds. 
and not, you know, I'm always angry at them, but it's like, why would you be angry at a kid? Hmm. You know, I mean, they just seriously don't have the intellectual capacity for any of this. I'm sorry. There's no teaching people. The ones that are coming awake, man, they've had enough reincarnational lifetimes to fortify themselves for the coming days as we have. And hmm. it's like, they'll get it. No one else will really get it. They just want to be entertained with, you know, UAP task force and gray aliens and ghost stories and, and stuff. And and that's it. They're not really that interested. They got a million other things. You know, the people on Twitter, there is some pushback against Elizondo lately, um, which is, you know, a glimmer of hope. Um, it's not a whole lot of people, but it's some. Uh, and uh, Elizondo's been shooting his mouth off about everything under the sun. And so I, I think everyone who's gone against him and Mellon, uh, they've got a, f- a few people now uh, to follow that direction. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're still a tiny minority against a vast uh, infrastructure uh, of, you know, the deep state is everywhere. It's in everything. It's like I can't. The Amazon won't print my books now. I gotta go what? to. Little, Why? They sent me all my copies of Little Anton back to me. There was sixty of them. They didn't charge me for it. They just sent them. I mean, I got boxes of them. What? Yeah. Why? And they. What did they say? Nothing. You can't get anyone on the horn. One guy I got on the horn in India, and he said, "Well, I can't. I don't know who did it, but you 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 don't have to pay for them." And I said, "Well, that's great." Uh, I got 60 free copies of my book. And he says, well, now they say they won't print it unless you give them a, a money to print them. That's not how it works. So obviously I'm, I'm getting off Amazon and, and, and shit. And they I don't know. It's weird. It's like these people today on Twitter, they, they told me, you know, they, their channel has been fucked with. Uh, the people have been calling their homes and, threatening their children and wow really well jay's yeah. had his channel demonetized they, they yeah, said they it was elizondo it was someone caught some emails of elizondo who said yeah i'm i'm, I'm my boys and i are tackling the dissenters <laughs> well yeah there's that whole narrative cool. that's, red that's, hat that's out, guy red hat phil or something <laughs> oh um, I, I i didn't put it on my feed mm-hmm mm-hmm you can check it out, and they there's links to this. You know, they someone claims they they got emails of Elizondo that said, you know, I'm tasked with you know doing the operation. Of, uh, well, I, I can I hate to say I can probably believe it, man. Like I think that well, yeah, you know, back in the old days, like when I could be bothered to challenge the narrative, man, I used to get people attacking me, like mm-hmm. you know, straight on, like just pile on, like yeah. Gave- you guys saw what happened to me? Fuck, remember with the whole yeah. With the yeah. with the no, Gary Nolan thing, right? And I, yeah, you know, Gary, I ask no, they're, Nolan. they're circling the wagons and they're consolidating their their power base. It's it's obvious to anyone with eyes to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they're they're attacking Greer right and left, uh, and uh, you know, it, it. I mean, that whole deal was so weird. It was very eye opening, but very strange mm-hmm. show and. What you mean is his most recent conference? Yeah, the recent conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I, spoke at it though, didn't you? People and the people I met off site and telling me, oh, we're worried about Greer because 
you know, he's got, uh, I guess the higher ups are worried about Greer. He's got some traction. But there, then there's another faction that worries about Greer because Greer does not go far enough because he believes all aliens are angels. Right. And they say that's dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting a mixed message. And I think the idea is the people I met with, you know, they, they're talking to several groups. So one group is like, well, Greer's a fucking idiot. You know, he won't go past the 75% mark. And this whole thing about, you know, Angels, you know, ETs are angels. Well, that's upsetting Chris Mellon's threat narrative. Mm-hmm. There's that. So maybe that, you know, I think it's a dangerous message too. But anyway, it it, it makes your head spin all this. But there's a there's a lot of head games going on. Um, they're doing something. This yeah. hearing this week. It's my wife and I are. You know, I think I think uh, Tim Burchett is definitely part of the opposition. You think so? controlled off oh yeah he's too convenient what do you oh, think he even God. knows or is he a bobo is he a bobo or is he or is he like uh is he like in and you think this guy is just a representative from tennessee buckwheat county you know it's easy to say hey you want to be part of something exciting you know follow yeah. our lead and, you know he seems very convenient come on man these these guys have it all covered they got yeah. the whole i don't have any Op, true opposition no because they've got every single side they got the the no. dissenters they got the people that are promoting it they got oh, all, yeah. the, all the middle they got they got the whole no, entire thing no military officer or congress person is going to go against the deep state they, they'd be out of their minds mm-hmm. They'll get thrown out of office and killed you know you name it mm-hmm. um, no way that's why my dad said they're all bought and paid for. That you can't do much once you're an elected official and a military person. You've signed a stack of contracts, especially officers. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Are you going to go to the thing in DC? No. You're not going to go to the thing on the 26th. No. I'll watch it on C-SPAN. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how much the public will in. My guess is they would stop me at the door. <laughs> ah, they'll give you the right, the, the full on pass. Like, ah, come on did. in. We know you. We already got you on file. Come on in. No, it's, a, it's a good question. Is it open to the public? Yeah, this is, it's open to the public. Yeah. Well, it is. and I'll go. I'll see if anybody, you know, they want to know who's showing up. I, yeah, go. Yeah. It's open. Do it, man. Yeah, why well, not? It's in your Boring. town. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. Just yeah. go get some lunch afterwards. Make it worth your while. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna have a big sign. Yeah. <laughs> Do it, man. Stand yeah. up during the thing, and you're full of shit. <laughs> just, That's just going like robes, black sheep, Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> just walk in like. <laughs> just playing hand signs and everything. But you know, it, it this other guy came out, um some Illuminati dude, I forget who it was. And he, he disappeared, but you know, um you know, the 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 universe and the polarity, I mean, you can't have you're obviously gonna have, I mean, my mother and sisters and cousins on you know, my side of the family, they're all white hats. I mean, they're kooky as hell and they don't know anything about this. But they're not fascists. And I know them all. They're, they're pie in the sky liberals. And oh, you know, if we, you know, do electric cars, we'll save the world and plant more flowers. And, yeah. and they're not black hats. But hmm. I guess every once in a while there's a, a knowledgeable black, you know, 
white hat pops up in a sea of black hats. I, I guess it's just the odds, the averages, you know. I think but, that, like, if you're going to be a power player, and I guess that's when you start talking about the black hats, the ones who are doing these things, which are going, we're going to do really terrible things and schemes and all that to get where we want to be and our ideologies in play. That shit's behind closed doors, isn't it? It's like hidden it's behind like walls and walls and walls of psyops and deceptions. Right. And, Imagine the head games. And, yeah. Yeah. And compartmentalization, it just drive you nuts. Yeah. That's why I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere near the Cosmos Club. I mean, first of all, it seems really boring. <laughs> and it, you know, if there is somebody knowledgeable there, what are they? Gonna, what are they going to tell me? Well, unless you become part of it all, then nothing. Yeah, I think they're just right now that that whole thing. DJ thinks it's the Bilderberger Group of the UFO file, and I'm yeah. like, nah. Maybe maybe thirty forty years ago it was, but not now. Don't they want well, like a ridiculous amount of money for you to join too, or something? I mean, it's like fifty. Yeah, it's grand forty or... grand. What to join the Cosmos Club? A year. A year. Yeah. Wow. That's like two Kias. (laughs) (laughs) Two Kias. (laughs) You know, most high-end country clubs in the (laughs) world, it's 40, 50 grand a year. Oh my God. Because you're getting food and other perks, golf, times, and you know, all that shit. Nothing I I enjoyed, none of it. Mm. Um my ex-wife made me join two, and I said, oh, fuck it up. And then the minute, minute I was divorced, I canceled that shit. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't play golf or tennis. I got a bad back. Yeah. And I don't network, and I'm not a business person. Right. And, um, you know, I enjoyed my friends, but, you know, the, it's it's not it's not worth it. But the Cosmos Club is some mostly for people to do network lunches and, you know, things. Fuck, man, I'll do that fucking Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are, what are your perks for joining the Cosmos Clubs? The secrets of the I, universe. I think it's mostly people who who want to network with higher echelon folks. Mm, got it. And I'm like, well, who's who's going to teach me a fucking thing, and would I even trust them? Right, right. Yeah. Well, it might be like, oh, you're, you know, you don't understand, Warner. You're lost in a world of conspiracy. It's not like that. It's like this, and I'm not going to believe a fucking word out of their mouths. <laughs> Well, I think the only way you're ever going to get to know any of that stuff is is if you like a bought and paid up member of one of their societies. Not, I don't mean a cosmos club. I'm talking like a secret societies, man. Yeah, and, and they need to blackmail you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. In so yeah. many ways, and and if you are a real stubborn motherfucker, and they take you to Bohemian Grove, well, they'll give you the inner circle treatment, mm. and that's as horrible as you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. So once you're into that, well, you're you you're out. energetically and spiritually and physically enslaved mm. um yeah. and that it's not going to work like i said like georgiani says the people fucking have a clue and are awake and stand up for themselves they're never going to fall for that anyway right yeah. you know that's why i mean i'm not being invited to the cosmos club by someone higher up i'm invited by one of our neighbors in the building who's you know she's like a an investment group and yeah. you know yeah what is that? Money, Nothing. Money gets you places. That's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, it's yeah. not like, you know, George Soros is like, oh, John, you really need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. They know. <laughs> they, I, I would imagine 
they know by now that you know I'm not going to do any of that kind of stupid stuff. Right. Blackmail. They, they could try, even if they did the pedophilia and they kidnapped me and did like that. I'd come out in the press the next day and said I was kidnapped and forced into bed. That's the only way to do it is get out ahead of it. Mm-hmm. It would probably, I don't have a reputation. I don't have a business or I don't run a bank. So it's not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it's, I mean, what would provoke a group like this theoretically to do this to you? Like, I mean, you'd have to do something extreme for that to happen, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just another conspiracy theorist. I, I'm not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could stand up in the Congress and scream and yell, but you know, they could say a oh, Warner's nuts, and you know, they could interview half my friends, and they'd say, "Oh, yeah, we love him, but he's nuts." So, you know, it's 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 when you are CEO when you own a lot of this that or the other it's when you have a lot to lose i mean they can take all my money away from me you know but you know it's 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 when people have major stuff to lose yeah yeah That's, you know the bohemian grove is all political people and business people right right our network mm-hmm. and the higher ups want to control they want a, a piece of the action of everything you know yeah, you know, the, the thing that gets me is that I know that I know that it runs deep in in I always have the vision of it in the US in the US, right? I think that the US is running all this shit. The US is, you know, we're the ones calling the shots, we're the ones that have our hands on everything. England well, doesn't say too. anything. Canada came out and said, you know, there was that Canadian little flap thing that happened like a month ago where they like somebody one of the MPs you know, emailed one of the one of the other higher ups and said, "We got to get ahead of this story because it's coming out." And yeah, we we have our hands in it too, and we're not you know completely clean on this whole reverse engineering thing. And right, so the, they're they're starting to play whack a mole. Mm-hmm. Joseph Farrell said, "You know, they're doing all these the kitchen sink, mm-hmm. the environment, UFOs, war, Ukraine. They're doing the kitchen sink, and there is some evidence to suggest." I mean, they wouldn't be doing this UFO thing in Congress. If they, my God, they must be desperate. Well, that's where I'm at. I do anything, just keep on going the way it was, and people would mm-hmm. not care. That they, they know they must have Project Looking Glass, and they can see probabilities in the future, not distant in the future, but just probabilities. And they're like, "Fuck, they're all bad," and so they're trying to. My guess is they're trying to scramble. And do a lot of different things, confuse everyone. I, I think it's just why genuine. do anything at all? You know, that's what you got to ask yourself. I think it's because this, the newer generations, are, uh, whether it's waking up or whether they're actually just looking at the way that modern society's going, and they're just going, "This is fucking bullshit, man." I can't afford my mortgage. I can't afford to take my wife for dinner. I can't afford to fill my car with petrol. Like, you know, should I have another kid? Like, because I probably can't afford it. Like, you know, it's, it's bullshit. Like, there's videos today of a woman down in London getting arrested because she, uh, they suspected she didn't hadn't bought a bus ticket, a one pound seventy five bus ticket, which she bought. Yeah, getting brutalized. A black woman by white police. Um, people are just looking at society, going, "It's fucking crap." Yeah, and mm-hmm. I do all this work and I pay all these taxes and I've got nothing for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. at all, apart from more war constant fear and that's all all you get and like um and then all you do is you grind yourself into the ground so you can go on holiday for one week a year or something yeah it's shit and like 
I agree. You know what it reminds me of? Go on. The whole thing. The whole world is being stressed to the limit. If you go back to the 50s, eh, you know, you know, at least in America and England, it's okay. You know, they didn't they weren't overstressed. Now everybody's overstressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Everything. COVID, airline, you know, shit, money. And, and it, I get the impression that the, the really black hat satanic elites in these higher echelon circles, it's almost like they've reached a point. An alcoholic drinks and drinks over decades. But then after a while, uh, like Hemingway uh, and others, uh, reach a point where the alcohol is not giving you the high anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you reach they they call it wet brain, but you know they, I don't know what it is. It's a it's a it's when you hit the rev limiter tolerance. Mm-hmm. Now I got a friend who's been an alcoholic since he was twelve. Uh, last I heard, he was living under a bridge in, in London, mm-hmm. and you know the guy was drinking three bottles of whiskey a day, and, and I, I guess he's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way to to find him. It's because it's not giving you the buzz anymore. And so these people, what, what is the most addictive thing? Yeah. You can drink blood and adrenochrome. You could torture and manipulate society and let people starve and everything, but they're, it's not producing the proper high anymore. And that's why they're doing all this stuff and going crazy. And society seems to be, you know, the transgender thing is a new thing. Mm-hmm. The, the environment, oh my God, the hottest year in, you know, in Phoenix. It's always hot, fucking Phoenix. Not yeah. everywhere, all the time. Well, you know, and they, it seems like they're they're losing their ability to, you know, their reason to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, I think that's what's happening. Like, I think like the people that I talk to in my day to day life, like everyone keeps going, but everybody feels like it's a life's becoming a grind yeah mm. you know like because everything's either frightening like if you actually read the papers or you go on social media which is just hell on earth most of the time but it's terror it's it's literally like our governments are terrorizing us mm-hmm. to the point yeah. where we're so you either become pliable through fear or you become revolutionary mm-hmm. and that's not what they want so I think the idea of all of this stuff is to control us even more, like the alien narrative, UFOs. It's it's all it seems like distraction stuff, yeah. Um, they're squeezing too tight now. Yeah. Yeah. In other squeezing words, way too tight. When you enslave somebody because they don't know they're a slave, that's perfect. Now yeah. people are realizing they're debt slaves and the, the system is the legal system doesn't protect them. The government is fucking with them, you know, and there's all this other fluff and shit coming down. You know, I think they're squeezing too hard and um, the entire human race is feeling it pretty much. They are. I mean, like, it's like, you know, even thinking about, you know, because because the society we live in is about consumption. It's mm-hmm. about consuming. If you're going to yeah. be a good, successful citizen of the West. It's about making money, it's about spending money, and it's about paying taxes, yeah? And most people see the way to the top, the pinnacle, as being material. I've got this. I've got a fine home. I've got a fine car. I wear fine clothes. Like, that's going to bring happiness. And like, you tell me, John, does that bring happiness? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people who, even the wealthy ones who are happy, man. Um 
So it's well, like all these things that were supposedly rewards for your hard work, even once you get them, it's like, well, don't really help, man, because all you tell me is that we're all going to be dead in like, and my kids are going to see like a Mad Max future. We've got <laughs> a crazy Russian who wants to kill us every day, yeah? The nuke fucking button is on. It's like, well, you know, my fancy shirt and my awesome watch that I've worked hard for is not going to make that many feel better for that, you know? Like yeah, none of that does. Where where the three of us are now, and 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 all the others on Twitter and ever elsewhere who really get it, that you know, let's just say ten percent of the disclosure movement. There's no real uh, space of happiness. I'm happy with my wife for moments and times with our grandkids and you know the spiritual stuff. Yeah, you buy a new car, you're happy for a week, you know. But you know the real. It, there's none of that because you really have your ignorance is gone, your innocence is gone, and so when I was in my twenties, hanging out with my friends and drinking beer and partying and drugs and women, and then getting a race car for an adrenaline high. Man, I was riding high. For right. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. And it all when I was forty and I hurt my back, it all came crashing down. Yeah, and then I went through the dark night of soul, ex-wife, back pain, and all that. And it's like I have fleeting moments of happiness now. I, I'd prefer just moments of contentment. Mm -hmm. But those mm -hmm. are when you when you have the knowledge, those are very hard to come by. Uh, I try, but there are some days when you know my wife has the ability; she doesn't have depression and all that. She's you know happy go lucky. I don't yeah. have that, and so it's. But that's where insight comes from. This is what I'm finding, man. Here to have a happy time. Uh, other people, their ignorance is bliss to a degree. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, if you can wake up in the morning and go, "Yay, I'm going shopping!" <laughs> Woohoo! I'm yay! I'm going to the movies. It's just like, well, actually, I quite like the movies. But when it comes down to being like, you can ten. In fact joyous because you can go and consume something else mm. it there's a problem man and that's how you you know that is basically how they've controlled us all for a long long time now it's like we've become infants like for example like if if the banking structure went down we had no money we'd be like babies we'd just start killing each other it's proven you know it's just because we wouldn't know how to do it we'd be toddlers in uh, having major tantrums but with weapons and Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Fear yeah. and rage. Yeah. Or we, you know, what's the other option? I was talking to my dad about this the other day, like, you know, the concept of money, you know, because money always used to be about you were given certificates that represented gold, mm -hmm. which was sort stored for you in a place, yeah, in a reserve right. bank. So, and then you trade the money because it's easier than trading gold. And don't worry about it. The money's worth that. But Nowadays, if I wanted to say, well, listen, I want to trade in my certificates, my dollar bills, my pound notes for my gold, they'd be like, well, you can't do that. What are you talking about? That is yeah. your money. That paper's your money. Mm -hmm. Well, where's the gold it's based on? Well, you can go, go, go to a gold broker or a pawn shop. But, but it should, I should already have it. I should already have it. I should be able to go to the bank and say, I've got £10,000 in savings. I want, 10, my, I want that in gold. Because that's what it is, isn't it? That's what all of this wealth is based on. It used to gold be. Now it's a fiat system. It used to be backed by gold. There used right. to be gold backings. So where's the gold then? No, we're all, we're, you know, if it, if it, the United States are really pushing crypto, mm -hmm. it's, the Fed is. Mm -hmm. 
And this is another thing Farrell talked about on his recent interview. And and it's like it's based on nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing. So if there's no computers. Say say there's an electromagnetic pulse go off or something, and you've got no access to anything. You've got no money. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. The, the other thing is gold could go to zero dollars an ounce overnight. Mm-hmm. They can un, uncork the Swiss tunnels reserves alone. Not to mention what I mean. It's like Taiwan. Supposedly Taiwan got all of its. Chiang Kai-shek got all of his gold reserves to Taiwan when the commies took over China, but that wasn't safe. And so the Americans give him, gave him bearer bonds. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? They misspelled the bearer bonds. They slight mistakes. And all those are worthless now. Yeah. So that's from Farrell. He says that's, that's how we get people. Uh, and all that gold is in the United States. But if reserves come out, that, that could go to nothing. The only thing... If everything, the financial collapse goes to shit, the only thing anyone will have will be their home, their family, and, and the stuff in their homes. And so, you know, it's like, you know, there's no defending. You can't, you could defend it a little bit with a gun, but it's like in America, what you got to sleep. Mm-hmm. They're going to come for you in the night. You know, there's no mm-hmm. protecting anything. So, um, I know they don't want that to happen. They want to do a slow transition and, that's best for everyone, maybe not everyone, but but most people, uh, the people don't have any money. It's not, nothing's good for them. And so, so but I don't know. I, it, it's just like um, the easiest way to control a population is to just shut the gas, electricity, and the money off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, this is why I think that like the, the disclosure movement, a lot of people who see it on a, well, might maybe see it a little deeper than the surface level, Part of it, there was a good post recently, and I thought this that a lot of, including me at the start, disclosure. I hoped when I was a bit more green around the gills around this, a bit new to it, would be like free energy. All right. So, what will come with it is free energy and a better world. And really, when you go down the path of that, it's like going, all right, so now we're taking all of these woes about climate change, about interest rates going through the roof and all that and energy costs and being able to afford petrol and all these things that's all gone all of a sudden transport costs all gone all that stuff yeah travel all the problems that that's all gone it's all solved and really what that comes down to is looking at something and going well if we've got this technology it's going to make my life easier personally yeah maybe i won't have to go to work anymore wow imagine that like um all these things, it's, and it becomes down to really when you look at the hopes and fears behind it, or the hopes, they're very personalized, and it's usually about getting out of drudgery. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if this disclosure is going to give me a way out of drudgery, it's going to give me a ticket to some form of personal freedom, then great. But I don't think that's ever going to happen, and I think, but I think that's where a lot of the hope comes from that these disclosures going to help the people. Yeah, it's just well, look, let, let's go back to England in the nineteenth century yeah. when. When the Industrial Revolution came about, all of a sudden you had all these clever factories for making textiles. You had farm equipment that was far more efficient, and you had you know equipment for the home that was more efficient. And what did it do? It drove prices down, and people had to work harder. Yeah, it's been going on till this moment, and everyone, all these electronics, they didn't, they enslaved us further. Everyone's like. Oh, I've got three phones. I got a friend with three fucking phones. <laughs> Why? He works on Wall Street. He's just he's just 
He's insane. Three of phones. It's gone. He's gone. And he's got a computer at home. And he, you know, he, he works 12 hours a day and he, he's just going to die of a heart attack. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like none of this stuff. Yeah. It's now you can crank out a Hollywood film in half the time for cheaper because mm-hmm. of all the computers and things like that. But it's like, it's only enslaved us further. They expect more work hours. They expect more productivity. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't done anything for us. And well, so, you know, in this, in this country, I like, saw it in television. I saw it in television and people are like, Oh, don't worry. It, you don't, we don't work more than 10 hour shifts. Oh, that's a lie. I work 24 <laughs> hour shifts back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want, when the when the deadline's there, it's like all hands on decks, and you don't go home. You work, mm-hmm. and you didn't get paid more. No, and I learned no, that, that sucks. You know, I was yeah. in my thirties. Well, I mean, I, I mean, this is the bare truth of it. It's kind of like there's a system, and most people can't even think outside of that system. They just yeah, go, yeah. "You have to be at work," and if you're not at work grinding away then you're a failure mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how things are set up the early bird get, catches the worm fucking all those cliches that come out right all the stuff that parents make their kids feel guilty about their entire lives if they if they aren't exactly like that you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. it's like yeah. there is a, a circular hole that is our society and if you're not circular and you fit nicely in that hole you're gonna have a pretty miserable fucking life yeah mm-hmm. and to fit in that hole you have to be ignorant and willfully so yeah yeah I mean, I had the, i've had this happen to me i mean when i went through all the jim mars books when i was in my 20s and i read all of that stuff and i started digging into all the secure societies and all the way uh, you know money and how everything works and you know jim mars lays it all out and there's a billion things in the back of the book once you go down that hole you're like well i don't want to fucking do any of this anymore like i don't want to work i don't want to go to college i don't want to like do all these things that are just feeding the system and like and then you fall out of the hole, right? Then you're the scourge to society just because of your, yeah. 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 And that's just how it works. I mean, but this is why like lots of people for a long time, the people who uh, drop out and try and do something outside of it, it's very hard because first you've got the taboo of dropping out. Second, you've got the social kind of, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. what do they call it? Exile almost. Right. People think you're shit. Mm-hmm. Like um, maybe not so much now, like people are coming around to it. But remember when I was a teenager, there was a big environmental movement in this country. Uh, lots of people who were like against forests being cut down, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more mines being put in, fracking that sort of stuff. And they were just called crusties. So the newspapers call them crusties. These people are crusties, and anyone mm-hmm. who has these belief systems are also called crusties. And the reason they call them crusties is because they look dirty and they live out in the woods or whatever, maybe. Yeah? <laughs> so they're given a they're given a title. You're a crusty. So then, if you then say the same sort of belief, well, actually, they might be right. You know, might, I think maybe they might be onto something with that. You're a crusty. What are you talking about? You dirty crusty. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. Yeah, and you oh, yeah, branded. It. Shame it's, is a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Shame, yeah. And it's like, well, you should be wearing a suit and you should be getting in your fucking nice car, which you've worked hard for and paid tax on, and you should be driving to an office where you're going to then basically belittle other people below you and then suck up to the people above you. And we're all <laughs> going to do that forever. And your kids <laughs> are going to do it too, and you're going to make your kids do it by guilt. Yeah. And everyone will keep suffering, apart from the guys who are collecting the taxes. <laughs> 
Well, they had, they're doing the same thing, though. They're still sucking up to somebody else to get to a different position to do the thing. It's just Ooh. a never-ending fucking loop. And I don't think UFOs are going to save us. I don't think any type of spiritual thing is going to save us. I don't think that any, I think that, that we're stuck in this karmic loop of whatever the fuck we're doing here, and we're, we have to well, figure well, it out. Can't, it can't last forever because nothing in the universe does. All right. Well, as but, soon as you... Well, I'll see you in ten thousand years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, oh, we're still doing this shit. Damn it! Do you know, right? You put put any one of us or anyone pretty much that we know, right, and say oh, you've got to go and live in a, a hovel, right, a shanty town in mm-hmm. Mumbai, right? And food is scarce. When you get food, that's great. You've got some food. Most of the time, you're going to be struggling, yeah. Like, it's really fucking hot. You've got no electricity. There's hardly any entertainment. Any kind of money you need to make to buy medicine for your dying mum who lives in a in a gutter in freaking Delhi or whatever, yeah? Thing is, like, you know, I've, when I was younger, I traveled to all these countries. These countries that sat outside of our economic system that were now being pulled into it, developing countries, when they were third world and still had roots back to their old life, their old cultures... They could live like that and they'd live like it because they're able to live spiritually. Hmm. So meditation, a connection to something bigger and higher, you know, like service to others and not self. Um, All of those things make what we would see as suffering and a terrible poverty-stricken life bearable, yeah? Hmm. To the point where they still have kids, they still love each other, they still fight things they believe in, and they do all this because they've got faith in something bigger, yeah? Now that's probably what I think a big part of this disclosure stuff is too. It's it's a new religion, mm. it's a new belief system to give hope to people who live in a hopeless society. <laughs> God, I sound uh, like you know, uh, I think you're right. The American Indians have reservations in Canada and in America. Mm-hmm. I, I think they had to do that because they just, by and large, refused to assimilate. Mm-hmm. They tried at Dartmouth and some other places. And sure, there's some American Native Americans in the workforce. But on the reservations, um, I don't know. The, the word is it's not very happy. There's a lot of alcoholism. Uh, they've lost some of their spiritual component. I'm not an expert. I, I need to drill down on that more. But that's the reputation. Like, don't go near the reservation. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the military uses them for bases and shit. Um, so, but I, I think at the core the tribes still have that core spirituality and, and that's what keeps them going because otherwise they would just sell off the reservations for money and, uh, they do gambling. So that's a regressive thing. There's gambling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they allow them to have casinos. So they're that's trying the... to, they're trying to destroy them spiritually. Yeah, I don't right. think they'll ever do it a hundred percent. Um, well, well, money, money is how they do it. Alcohol with the, um, the sort of gen- the the Native Americans and the Aborigines. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Australia. Them. It was the same Control thing in Canada, Australia. They they allow them to do that. Yeah, to, um, to have that right. cultures that didn't have alcohol in their society. Well, mm-hmm. whilst we had it for thousands of years, they were yeah. just poisoned by this shit, basically. And right. Before- like zombies completely well, controlled you know the good home. segue is here is that when t when tt you know the hat that you're wearing when ttsa happened yeah they um one of the big things it was a press release that they were doing we've talked about this remember that they were going to go up into um uh i always forget the name of it i have to look it up but it was it was a tribe in canada 
that um, they were going to go in there and they were going to have, they were going to teach all these people, the local tribes people, how to, you know, camera, photography, audio, you know, set people. And they were going to film. Um, it was, I think it was the Wapakon, Wapakon or something like that. The, the Wapo or something like that. Up, It was up in near British Columbia. And they were going to talk, do the whole entire story about the white lady. You remember mm-hmm. this? Yeah, about yeah. The white buffalo, yeah. the, the white buffalo calf woman is what her name was, right? Who came down from the clouds and gave the tribe the seven gifts, and you know the, and it goes through and it basically follows the whole Marian apparition traditions, right? So it's like the here's your peace pipe and here's how you communicate with us and here's the stuff. But it was a white, it was a white lady, just like all the other white ladies, right? Mm-hmm. All the you know Fatima and whatever, and they were the TTSA signed an agreement with that that tribe that they were going to go up there and film all this, you know, and, and then it was nothing. I reached out to the tribe. I reached out to people in the area. I haven't heard anything. Like, obviously I don't know if what happened, I got scrapped or if they did it or what, but that was a big, I was like, well, why that, it's so out of left field. They're going to TCSA. We're going to build a spaceship. We're going to do all this shit. Oh, and we're going to make this contract with this native American tribe in Canada and tell you the story about the white Buffalo calf woman. It's like, what the it's fuck? Weird. Like, it's because just- I put that story in my new book. Mm. So when I does, Buffalo calf woman? Get it, yeah, there's some Navajo Marines on board my airship, and they fight the Germans, and they they keep seeing the white calf buffalo woman. Wow, that that's awesome. weird. I never knew that TGSA was involved in that shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's a Native yeah. American right. legend. It's I think they were just trying to cover the bases, man. Like it was like, what's the esoteric thinking within modern usa and like i smell tom DeLong with that kind of shit he's the one who they asked him a question what would you ask the aliens he's like can you help us build a spaceship way to go tom. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking well idiot. i mean his his thing is like really the nitty-gritty comes down to the east believes they're the greek gods or whatever were the greek gods are the, are the aliens and they, they've never really left or they're around still which kind of touches on some of the stuff that we talked about when when we were over with you, John. Like mm-hmm. this idea of like these these statues, like looking over us all, and these palaces yeah. based around he's, the. He's got palaces. some good ideas. He he told us about SRI. They have statues of, of the Atlanteans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is great. Which is a great. But he always comes around and says something stupid. Well, let's yeah. just stick. You know. You know. <laughs> and it's like it's, we're not at a frivolous time in history for yeah know, like him i am um, i mean yeah i mean and also it's kind of like they say a lot of stuff but there's never any anything to back any of it up so it's like well, just know, like, like grush uh, grush said a lot of shit too and didn't have any evidence right like well, there's no evidence there's like, nobody ever had it. nobody's gonna wheel anything out you know they I need mean, they need possible deniability is that yeah. what it is yeah but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, when you're in this world of reading about it and, you know, you're actually interested and you're searching out this information, then it feels like it's everything. You know, we've talked about this before, but really, like, I talk to anybody else that's not into any of this stuff. They're just like, grush, who's grush? Especially mm-hmm. in this country, no one knows yeah, anything yeah. about it. Like, anything. You switch beat them out. So, have you seen this stuff about the, uh, the UFO hearings? They're like, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you seen this stuff about this? No, not have seen anything about that. No, no. They just don't know anything about it. It's just about 10,000 people on Twitter, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, just, I, mean, I don't know what it's like in America, but it's like over well, here. Like, that's the same know. thing. They're just not, they're not doing it. 
Twitter, Twitter, and the disclosure movement with the acid test. There it is. Yeah, with the acid test. There, but, but we're check. this is it. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wapperton Dakota Nation signs agreement to be featured in documentary series developed by Tom Dongs to the Stars Academy. Okay, twenty twenty. Yeah. So they're basically saying, hey, you know. The series is going to intimate look at the rich culture and contributions of the WN people while promoting their heritage, art, and culture. This is the long. This is an exciting, innovative uh, initiative for us to continue our mandate to tell deeply rich stories that will benefit the future of humanity. I'm honored that the people of WN have agreed to work with us to tell their important story. So basically, they're saying the employment is going to be everybody from the tribe, the reservation, right? But nothing ever happened with this, and they didn't know about it. Right. Well, no, they didn't respond to any of my emails, right? This is yeah. going to focus on the creation stories, the people's, the white buffalo calf woman, right? Who brought the original chupa, the pipe, the seven rights to the Dakota and sweat lodge ceremonies, the vision quest, pipe ceremony, and we'll review and approve all footage before it airs. Post-production, pre-productions begin spring of 2021. Well, I haven't heard anything about this at all still. Like, this is still you know, nothing, nothing there at all, but there it is, you know, what are they doing? They're getting back to, you know, the native cultures, the, and I'm yeah. talking to Scott Walter and Scott Walter has been, was telling me that the Freemasons, the there's, there's a story that, um, that Albert Pike made all of the heads of all the tribes in America, uh, Freemasons, he put them all through the degrees and that they in turn went in, started their own lodges, right? But they based all their lodges on their own. Uh, there's two different stories. One is that Elber Pike did that. The other one was that when um, the Vikings or whoever got here pre-Columbus, that they were Masons, that the tribes also already had a, basically they had their own Masonic rites, but it was based on like medicinal plants and, and things, you know, it was different, right? But the same three degrees and the same thing, but they did it in the sweat lodge where it was like super hot underground you know, you're in there sweating, you're probably taking, you know, psychedelic type of things. And it's more, you know, probably closer to the Egyptian rites or whatever, but. Yeah, it is because they would pierce themselves and hang from rafters. Well, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, it's grim stuff. You look at it. The Native American coming of age rituals are really something. They're always for men, though. A man called, uh, the man called Horse, Richard Harris from back in the yeah. day. It's got that in it, hasn't it? Like, yep. they they hang him, they pierce his chest with two eagle claws, like dig him in right in, and then they hook him up on chains and suspend him. And I think he did that shit for real when they filmed that, yeah? It's wild. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, he was, pretty much, he was a drunk with Richard Burton, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy was mental, man. So it's the Sioux Indian from Dakota, is that right? This is the the it's the it's the Wapaton tribe Wapaton okay. tribe yeah Wapaton and they're D Dakota Wapaton Dakota so it's well the white calf buffalo woman legend is Sioux but it, it migrated to other tribes right right and There's it's basically sort of terrestrial deal with it. yeah I mean I think that's what the that's what the whole thing is it's a huge extraterrestrial element to it so it, it, well didn't it, a lot of those tribes um, see. Sirius as being their spiritual home as well. 
Well, well they all say that their all their, their ancestors came from the stars. They they have no yeah. mistake in that. The, the star it's people no they call deal. them the star people, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where you they know, I mean, I'm shit. sure Tom DeLonge had a good idea of trying to get the Native Americans involved in disclosure. Mm. Very few of them are, as far as I can tell. It was uh, Robert Morningsky, a couple people, but the spirituality they have could be very important. When oh, yeah. it does start to unravel shit. But again, how many Americans are going to cotton to that? Mm. They're going to rush to their churches and raise holy hell. Um, you know, I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't know. I'm, I, I have to be, admit I'm completely confused as to what what's going on and what they're trying to achieve other than capturing the narrative and controlling it. Right. Right, and then I, and and to me, I just from everything I know, and then of course talking to you, Warner, these people that are running the government aren't the brightest bulbs in the fucking <laughs> in the in the bunch, right? Uh, oh, no, no, the, the Congress, no, because so, it, my theory, the thing they want people who are smart enough. So, so what's the, the day, goal? Like, what's the so like so who's running it? Is it is it the is it the, the phenomenon table. itself? The phenomenon the round tables, the people who oh. are giving senators, presidents, and congressmen their marching orders. Yeah. Those people are in charge. And above them, you know, you've got you know, a more elite roundtable and then ET, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much now, today, that all seeing eye, that control, you know, how much of that is going on? There's stories that, that ET is left. I doubt that. Um, it's probably still a mixture of positive and negative, but it, hopefully it's going more positive. Otherwise, we wouldn't really be seeing anything going on. There wouldn't be a disclosure movement at all. No, they just shut it down like they've done for the past 90 years, right? Yeah. They would just keep putting people in vans and shoot people. Don't talk about it. Yeah. So they know something is cracking apart and they want to get ahead of it. And, and I said a- better, but you know, China and Russia and Japan and France. They'll do it first. We'll drag so? our asses. That's American way. We're gonna, and then we'll be on the defensive forever. Mm. Well, America I mean, did it. Lockheed Martin did it. Raytheon did it. And they'll be right. But, you know, there's a lot of other countries involved in this. But there's no doubt. All of, Everything I've read says the Americans, we have the lion's share of technology, power, money, ET, everything. You know, it's just all that shit. And so, you know. I don't know. It's going to be a mess. I, do, I, I just want to see some you know, evidence of some of this stuff, man. I'm like, this is what I do in my head. It's like all the research I do. I mean, like, you know, I've had my own experiences, right? So I do feel a little better about that. But with this modern narrative, it's just evidence free. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing to back it up. All it is is people well, saying, trust me. No, there's things in the sky. Oh, yeah. There's things and, in the sky. Well, yeah, but you don't know what they are. I mean, like, you know, like, if, because that's matter again, as a word, disclosure, disclosure of what? Like, say it's, say it's like, you know, um, Victor Schauberger did invent a zero gravity craft using the momentum of flowing water back in 1930 something. And they've kept that shit quiet, but they've been using it. Um, and the reason they've kept it quiet is so the the fuel industry doesn't fall apart, affecting our economy and so on and so forth. The whole scam, but that is disclosure. But that's not disclosure of aliens. That's disclosure of technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll right. they 
my doubt if, if anyone in, in official military or government will ever show us maybe a photo. Oh, that was a hundred years ago. You know, that they'll, they'll, well, they won't show us anything current, you know, they'll, they won't roll out a, you know, a 12 foot guy who's got blue skin and a neck, you know, well, a giant neck. They're not going to roll them out because you know, that there's not a need to do that. They're only going to, they're only going to roll out what they absolutely have to and nothing more mm-hmm. to mollify whatever's happening. The problem with that approach is uh, that only works for a while. And then people are like, well, wait a minute. Because humans are, we're so curious. Yeah, people are ignorant and stupid. They're still curious. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, you know, the worldwide, it's gonna, our curiosity is just going to be peaked because people are probably pretty sick of TikTok and, you know, all this other stuff. They're going to get, they, they, they reach this dopamine high wall. Plateaus. Yep. Yep. And then it's done. Right. But yeah. ET UFO disclosure, woo, that's limitless, you <laughs> yeah, know? And so we'll have to see, you know, I, I'm not expecting great leaps of anything in my lifetime. Let's say, say I live another 25 years. Um, I don't expect to see, you know, a lot of shit, but um, I, there'll be some things. It's, it's just a matter of uh, uh, let's hope we can get this ball rolling and rolling at a pace. And I think it is where they can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the snowballs coming down the hill. And uh, Chris Mill and everybody are, oh, shit, you know, uh, God damn it. And, you know, they've put these little things and they, they slow it down. Mm-hmm. And it bumps and hops. And, you know, but it's still growing bigger. And, you know, it's rolling down a shallow hill. Mm-hmm. But the shallow hill is going to start to turn into a steeper hill. And then they're, want, they're little dog and pony shows and hearings and departments and acronyms and, and bullshit won't will start to fall apart and they know the hill is going to become steeper hmm. right now. We're still on a kind of a shallow hill. They can slow it down. They can't stop it. You know, it's like what Farrell said. He says they, they uh, you know, they own a lot of the narrative, but they'll never own it all. Right. They can't, if they did, we would, you, the three of us would be talking about soccer. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Oh, uh, you guys are full of shit, America. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's the whole reason this is happening, and the whole reason that we were in the awakening process since we were kids is because it's all, you know, scripted mm-hmm. cosmically. It's just time. Like, if I died tomorrow, I would have no regrets. I'd be like, well, I helped in my own small way, you know, and that's all anybody can do is help in their own small way. And so I don't care, you know, or if I live another 25 years and I help more, but it's, it, it's all about chipping in really. Yeah. You know, eventually yeah. it's going to fall apart, you know, in a hundred years, uh, the human race will either be completely fucked and cyborgs, or we're going to free ourselves. It's mm-hmm. one of the other. It has to go spirit. It has to be like legitimate spirituality. I, I mean, I, it's so strange for me to say this now, like, because I'm so different to the man I used to be. But I honestly believe that, you know, after everything we said before about the futility of 
our society, the way that our lives are set up, if well, I know that not everyone out there thinks that life is futile, but part of me does nowadays. I hate to say, and like, uh, but the only way to stop it feeling does, like does, is, is to embrace, is to embrace love, and like, and I know that puts people's backs up, but at the end of it, that's all you've got. Mm-hmm. Like, You're that's right. all that's worth anything. And if you want, and the only thing that's going to motivate any of us to do anything better to help one another should be based on that emotion, and it, mm-hmm. it would be because why else would you do it? Yeah? Right. If it's genuine. So this fake spirituality that's being pushed alongside alien disclosure is going to eclipse true true spirituality, which is looking inside yourself for the answers. Like none of these people can give us the answers. None of it's not going to make our lives better. Like I'd well, prove me wrong, but I just can't see that. And I think that it's a, they'll a, still, a, yeah, they'll still charge for free energy. Yeah, they'll still yeah. charge you, you know, for everything. Yeah, you know it's, it, it's. But you're right. It's 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 a spiritual war more than anything else. Well, I think it is, isn't it? And like, mm-hmm. and and it's a spiritual war in terms as well as well. The, the current strategy is to focus on literally the nuts and bolts and not consciousness mm-hmm. and the human condition, spirit. Bingo. Yeah, so it's material over spirituality. Yeah, well, they're controlling it that way. They're 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 running it. We have these well, things that we don't know in the sky. We have these parts of these pieces and this shit. What did oh, yeah, they'll say? they'll never talk about the spiritual component. Maybe that's uh, what they hired Todd Malone to do, but maybe he's too high on ecstasy. Maybe, but like I mean, because you know that's the thing about um, Hynek coming out a number of years ago saying that this. Whole thing can be summed up by in the pages of uh, Rudolf Steiner's books, where he starts to talk about things like uh, Zoroastrianism, actually. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to the idea that you've got a demonic presence called Araman, and Araman represents the material world. Mm-hmm. So the idea that all that is evil is material, and all that is positive and good is spiritual, yeah? Hmm. Immaterial. And everything that this process is doing is feeding you the material, yeah? That's what the official narrative's doing. It's taking you away from the spiritual element of it, and it's putting it all into physical matter, things that you can see and prove, you know, in terms of, like, nuts and bolts, literally, yeah? And, like, so Hynek saying that, for me, when I've, you know, because obviously I go and read about a lot of religions and this sort of stuff, but this seems to be the way... That where it's kind of like you've got these distinct energies. One of them is is essentially dark, and that's materialism, and that's everything that we live in, mm-hmm. and everything that most of us, most of our role models ask us to aspire to. Mm-hmm. Stuff, the accumulation of wealth, <laughs> and all of the things that um, are actually good for us, spirituality actually wanting to help each other without making money out of it that's just pie in the sky nonsense you're a crusty you're a hippie shut up yeah like that's how it is it's control and it's like even something that's potentially could be beautiful it's just turned into it's just coated in dog shit <laughs> it's just a material matter yeah? it's step away from belief and believe what we tell you to believe 
Yeah, you but know? you, but all three of us don't believe any of that. <laughs> that's why we're yeah. here talking to each other because we are the outliers. And there's got to be a lot more outliers, and they're probably increasing. And there's, I think that's probably one of the, maybe the push that they're like, well, people aren't falling for this shit anymore. Right. And we got to step it up. How are we going to do that? Well, but, we need to control this. The is what, this is what I was saying before, though. So, like, this is people are getting sick of the yeah. day to day grind. Like, right. you know, they are. They're waking up and they're going, this is shit, man. Like, so then you present this, them with this fake spirituality, right? Holiday. You got to give them that know. fake spirituality of the UFO, right? The new religion exactly. of the UFO that's going to come and in. This idea of hope is a carrot. It's like, you know, mm. don't worry. Just keep on going. Keep on going. Be a good guy. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to work for much longer. <clears throat> no, it's not. People will just lose their shit. There'll there'll be a revolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, I don't riots. see a way around it. Um, there's only so many distractions. I mean, I I hope that people will start to get sick of them. They, they you know, if if they start to put more craft in the sky over big cities and to just hang there, yeah. You know, that's going to be more entertainment than the TikTok shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be amazing. Like with movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. Think. I mean, you know, it's so weird. I mean, my mind is just a mush uh, <laughs> this week. I, I don't know. Well, they it's just, like, I, think I don't they've... even know if I'm doing any good. It's like my yeah, wife encourages sure. me, but I mean, I'm ready to quit and just forget <laughs> all. Because yeah. it's like there's too few people interested and, you know, but the problem is, you know, you try to do something else and it's really boring. Mm-hmm. Well, it just yeah, it is. It it is. That's know. the thing. As a, as a, as a hobby or an area of research, it's fascinating. It's but never ending. It's yeah. never ending. Yeah. It is never ending. And like, and the thing that I think has been great about really going in depth into trying to research all this stuff for me is that I've like rediscovered spirituality and like, yeah. um, and all those elements around it, you know, like the things that connect you to each other. And that's great, but it's not, that's not what's been told to me by the, uh, the heroes of the disclosure movement. That's come out of books that I've read, trying to understand the reality behind like the metaphysics of this world, you know, and of our reality. And then, um, and I think that that's where the beauty lies, like, you know, not in this mashup of bullshit, like it really is delivered by shysters and liars and people making money on it. Like it's just tedious. It makes me fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, but like, we we have to be the beacon at some point. I mean, there's a lot of people that reached out to me that said thank you for for having your own thoughts and thank you for you know at least ex- exploring these ideas and not you know getting fed the narrative and repeating it. I mean, and I don't do. Sh- I mean, what do I do? I just call shit as i see it most of the time yeah, I'm, i got it wrong you know three of us do a pretty good you. job i think you know they're i think we do um yeah. like a few other people on twitter who do a good job mm-hmm. uh i like you know but you know there's always that's the way the world always is there's always going to be the the few people uh who do the lion's share of the thinking um it's just that's been in my experience with anything it's like a military history you study that and you you start to get a narrower and narrower base of where now it's just maybe eight or ten historians that i like and i really don't like any of the others because they just don't have it mm-hmm. they don't they don't drill down far enough they don't get it they don't connect yeah. the dots yeah. so uh there's only a few people out here doing this work um 
some of the SSP people are balls to the wall. You know, mm-hmm. say what you want about them, but at least they don't, you know, hide behind God or gee whiz, I don't know. You know, they don't do any of that. They're like, the universe is the way it is. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's harsh. And and so I respect that. You know, and it, it's but it, boy, the people, you know, this is what Oppenheimer must have felt like. There's very few people you can look around now. You start mm-hmm. to you have to start, you know, I, I've got maybe 10 people I respect. You guys and some of the other people. Um, but I'm like hit, hit, I'm like a sledgehammer through a window. <laughs> you, you know, grow a pair of balls. Yeah. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one woman said, I really like your channel, but I, I just can't listen to you anymore. <laughs> You're too scaring me too much. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. This, okay. this is my parents, man. Like, you know what? Like, trying to have a conversation with my folks and they asked me kind of what I've been up to. And I'm like, oh, just crazy shit, really. That's <laughs> usual, yeah. Like, I'll tell you about the normal stuff that you'd be happy about. Yeah. But, you know, I've got to the point where they, I can't talk to them about stuff. Like, because they just see me as a massive downer. Either that or like uh, insane. <laughs> well, that's why I got lucky though. I mean, my dad's the one that sent me down this rabbit hole at a young age. So it's fun to call him up now and explain to all the shit that that's been going on. Cause you know, he doesn't, he's not on social media. He doesn't, you know, he just watches yeah. the nightly news and reads the paper. So it's fun to tell him about Grush and all this. Cause he didn't know about Grush. You know, that yeah. wasn't anyway. It's my fun dad to tell not, him all that shit, you know, the esoteric stuff. My dad would not. He did not understand. didn't entertain it at all. It's he was zero. like your dad. He's just nuts and bolts and go down and you know do this. Do that. But yeah, yeah. my dad was not a spiritual kind of guy. He was just yeah. you know he knew his you know political and military stuff and that was it. Me and my dad, as as a young man, we'd bond over at how atheists we both were. <laughs> Honestly, we just sit around and be going, "All these fucking stupid people believing all of these stupid religions. God, they're stupid and weird." So smart, yeah. And then something happened to me. I remember when I remember when I first said something like, "Dad, I think I might have had a like a semi spiritual experience," and like I'm starting to think about this. He's just like, "What? Yeah, what the fuck are you on about?" Yeah, like honestly, like I was just like, "Well, I can't talk to you about any of this, can I?" That's that. I I told my dad I was an atheist. I guess I was about 17. Mm. He says, no, you're not. No, you're not. You you love going to your school and everything. I said, my best friend's father was the bishop. You know, I I said, yeah, I love them, but I don't believe in God or religion is bullshit. It's boring. Mm. No, you're not. You're not. He he wouldn't accept it. (laughs) Like, like, you're not even that religious, dad. You just... (laughs) Or just to, to be with your constituents. Yeah, yeah. Political for you. And, you know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, he, he needed that that old timey foundation and you know God God fearing this and that. I'm like, why should we fear God if there's all loving? Ah, hell, I don't know. That was his <laughs> answer. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> this is it. My though. mom, you know, was great. My mom's too old and kind of kooky, but. Is she is she hip to any of the new stuff that's going on and you're working all that? Does she get no, into it? No, no, she doesn't want nothing to do with it. Just not not part she, of it. Uh, she's kooky in the head. Mm-hmm. Her reality is her cats and her books. And you know, I, I can't even get in touch with her. I get an odd message or a fax. Hmm. You know, a one fax. of her, Yeah, I know. Yeah, everyone still has a fax. <laughs> 
Amazing. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> she doesn't do email. Uh, My stepfather is kooky too. He doesn't. Every once in a while, I'll get a phone message or a fax that's mailed to me. They print it out at her office and they <laughs> send it to me. I'll send it to you. I bet they're stress free, aren't they? Because uh, everything's yeah. so basic. I'll just like, fax it to them. Like, okay. Yeah. I'll show you what my mom. Oh, uh, that's amazing. I can't believe that it's, it's printed and then somebody fucking actually mails it to you. Do they yeah, email yeah. it to you or they send yeah. it in snail mail? Do they put it in an envelope? <laughs> Tell me they, they put it in an envelope. Don't, I'm last time I start communicating with you two. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking carrier pigeons. Send them to you. Yeah. Facts. And we just get fax machines. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard in ages. It is, it. man. See, this is the kind yeah. of shit that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Well, it, it's also really kooky. Like, there's no real message. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> just I'll tell you this much. She's spiritual. Um, I mean, I think she's kind of like me. It's like, well, something's going on out in the universe and cosmos. Yeah. But I don't know. Hell if I know what it is, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we sort of share that sentiment. It's like, well, there's something out there, but what the fuck it is, I don't know. You know, law yeah. seems to make sense, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, this great creator of the cosmos, who the fuck created him or her or it? or it's, it's It boggles your mind. Mm-hmm. It's like it most I, people can't go there. And I'm like, well, I'm there. Show mm-hmm. me something. I mean, you know, it. And the aliens, they always say, well, we're trying to get closer to source. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, You're eighth dimensional. Aren't you pretty close? Yeah, we're pretty close to source, but we're not there yet. And I'm like, all right, well, ask the ninth dimensional guy. (laughs) The ninth dimensional guys are even closer, but (laughs) we're not there. And I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, 10th dimensional guys, they won't return our calls. And I'm like, (laughs) I smell a rat. Yeah. <laughs> you know who started all this you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it might have been a you know the the old 1970s philip k dick idea you know it's probably a child and an alien race uh, yeah, thinking yeah. about something and it just created you know our cosmos Universe. oh this mm-hmm. is interesting and then it's time for dinner and our cosmos will just go away in a billion <laughs> but for know, us it feels it, like seven billion years or whatever yeah well, well i read him um, i read um contact Carl Sagan again the other day. Uh-huh. Um there's a bit God in that same, where... why? Sorry. Why did I do it? Yeah, why oh, did you do it? Carl Sagan. That guy's boring in the seventies. Contact. I love Contact, man. It's a great such a great book. And the film's all right too. But like in it in it, right? When they have you seen Contact? Yeah. Have you read Contact? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I've seen the film. So when you read it. Like, um, basically, what they get into is the nature of what the aliens are. So Sagan, this is a strong point of his, like, he tries to describe what they could be like, yeah? What they're capable of. And these aliens are literally building galaxies. Like, they're billions and billions and billions of years ahead of us. Like, they've got to the point where they're traversing space using wormholes. They're opening up new wormholes. They're birthing star systems to create energy sources. Like, 
So they're going, so when you look at Cygnus A or whatever, that's our project. We've been running that project for the last however billion years because we're creating energy for all of these species in the galaxy, in the universe, that work together, who've reached the point of evolutionary knowledge, the Galactic Federation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in there, yeah? This is Carl Sagan. So this idea that he's boring, it's, fuck, it's brilliant, yeah? So you've got, like, you've got the atheist scientist, You've got the um, religious firebrand, and then you've got the aliens, and it, how it all comes together. So it's like, how does the atheist deal with this? How does the religious person deal with it? And how does everyone else around them around them deal with it? So when you're th- talking in terms of what our creators are, like, you know, who started that? Who created the universe? It's like, well, it's called to be aliens. And if the universe is infinite. Well, it, it's Absolutely. it's Ouroboros, so it, it, it's circular. So I guess the argument can be made that nobody started the cosmos. Yeah. It was all of a sudden there, you know, it was always there. And I, I think there, there's probably 10th dimensional ETs going, well, I think we understand it, but not quite. And so... My can, whole thing is, I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so fu- fusion energy, right? So fusion energy is the the concept of trying to harness, create, and then harness the power of a sun on this planet, essentially, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So if we're already thinking about that in terms of providing, and they reckon that we will be, you know, like locally to me is like this this prototype plant that they reckon will be producing fusion energy by 2040. Do you know about, I've told you about this, Anna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, um, so the concept is there already that we're harnessing the energy of stars, creating our own to get energy from it on a very small scale. And so this is just like galactically, of, like, so they're just spinning yeah. out like galaxies. So if, and if, if the cosmos things. and the creation of the cosmos is a science, can be explained by science, it can be recreated by somebody capable of doing that, yeah, over enough time. So then you start looking at it and going, well, who are the gods? Uh, what is God? What is the nature of God? We could all be gods. Like if our create, if we go back to the a concept that we're created by genetic splicing by the Anunnaki. All right. So are they our gods? Like realistically, a lot no. of people probably say they are. Yeah. Um, and then, but someone's probably done that to them. Well, they're creators, yeah, right? Yeah, and then the yeah, creator, yeah. creator, 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 creator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everything is basically a genetic experiment of another thing. It's going to keep going and going and going. And somewhere along the line is that idea. It's the quest for God. Yeah. Well, what is God? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. That's when it all gets kind of crazy. So then you can't answer that question. But if yes. you want to talk about our gods, our gods could just be a species just like us. Well, I hate the word gods and goddesses. I, I think it's that's just an ET who wants you to worship them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creator. Obvious. But you know, the thing is, I talked to somebody and they said, well, in our galaxy, there's very, very few pure races that haven't had DNA splicing. Mm-hmm. So where those races are, if they evolved from something on that indigenous planet, I don't know. So, but that's what someone said. And uh, that might make sense because, you know, genetic uh, manipulation is definitely going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing it now, aren't we? Like, that that creepy video that I posted on Discord, um, it's super weird and creepy. But he he talks about 
the DNA hybrid experiments of animals and things. He said, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing it willy nilly all over the place. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, his story is pretty all over the place and everything like that, but a few things hit home about these genetic experiments, these animals that wash up on beaches that are really weird. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, oh, they're just an anomaly. Well, the word anomaly, I'm officially <laughs> sanctioning that as janky as hell. <laughs> Every fucking thing. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, just yeah, an anomaly yeah. of nature. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's that's bullshit. And well, you know, these people the stories of late at night in Texas seeing strange things crossing the road. I believe that. I think these are escaping from you know, underground bases where they're doing all these experiments. It's what they did in Atlantis. Centaurs and bullheaded men and dolphin people, yeah. you know, the mermaids. You know, it, it, it's obvious we've been playing God ourselves. And we're doing it now. Thousands of years, even before the Anunnaki came. Well, what's his well, name? I just saw, I just posted a clip from the podcast. What's the guy's name? He was like one of the one of the first remote viewer guys. Uh, I can't remember. I, I have the clip. But anyway, he, he was saying that... Um, that dna is the whatever there's a huge and, and every time there's dna i'd been up and all over it and i always get shut down you guys know l9 but you know they he was saying that dna they're looking for a specific set of the other the, the non-classified dna like when you do like the 23andme or the, the ancestry.com or whatever like mm-hmm. and you send that shit off he said that that the government has back doors into all of those databases and they're looking for this specific other that my fucking camera just went out. I must have gave it some kind of weird hand motion. <laughs> so I didn't know what that did. But anyways, it get it, it did it gives it a uh, a specific thing that they're looking for in all these databases. They're looking in all the databases on the pie chart. You know, Germanic, African, and, and all this. There's a way it's called other, which means unknown, unidentifiable, and there are, from what I found out, there are government people. Who are looking into that wedge and so i won't take it no and what would the company say if you asked what was in that wedge what would they say what company 23 and me if you if you actually ask people who work there oh uh, i have no idea i'm not dealing with them i don't want to have anything to do with them oh, i'm not taking the test <laughs> what do you think would happen if you took it i think i would probably wind up scotch irish with a very big wedge of edge on the pie chart. Even if you don't, get, you know, try to share it for this other thing, and they're saying that that is tied to some type of alien manipulation of humans. And it's, well, it's it a goes big back deal. all the way to like the, the 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 literally the ancient. So it's like you know, so we've been genetically engineered, or not us actually. Like at some point, a species on this planet was genetically engineered by some individuals from up there. From mm-hmm. elsewhere um they are partially that race so that like the atlantis story the mm-hmm. idea that maybe they've been spliced and there's they have like eons of time where atlantis is fine and they all live happily and they're all like a loving society but over time it's corrupted edgar casey stuff like the sons of belial mm-hmm. uh, it's corrupted and a group suddenly goes off out on their own and they, they're evil and they use their powers for bad. They destroy it. There's a cataclysm. Well, look at the, the survivors. Yeah. I mean, they're just the sons of Belial. I wrote it in my book that the Nazis were for sure. 
Right. Yeah. They're all deep state Nazis. And that's the sons of Belial. I mean, we're, we're looking at the light versus dark now in a biblical way. But what um, if it's if shit, blood? We know, holy cow. What if it's blood memory, though, right? So, so after the cataclysm, Atlantis is gone, but you have survivors. And those survivors, there's also survivors of Earth yep. race. The first, basic, the other race. The other yeah. race that hasn't been manipulated, right? The other one. That's right. So you've got mm-hmm. basic humanity. And, and then, then you've got, got these got enhanced an adapted ones. version. Only from what I read, from what I've many multiple sources, and from some newer sources I've had actually, that might have been about only a, num- a couple of thousand survivors from that race. They then over time interbreed, start breeding out. And that is what you would probably have as blood memory, this mm-hmm. DNA of the others. And if you want to talk about what Gary Nolan and TTSA and their ideology behind it from what I can work out is looking for is this ancient race that is aliens, but what we would have called gods or Greek gods or the Anunnaki or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, you know, if the mystery schools say that we, you know, pretty much all come from Sirius, that's, you know, and the idea that all of these gods have originally come down from Sirius and they've screwed around with us, created a race, the Atlanteans, and that's basically our heritage. So there'll be a small amount of us who've got Atlantean or alien blood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us who haven't. And those Atlanteans and stuff, you know, whoever's got that bloodline probably has got a higher disposition towards psychic ability, intuition, uh, prophecy. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting pretty woo-woo now. No, but... no, no, no. That's where it's at because that's what no one's tying it into. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a theory that that everyone that's awakening now is part of that bloodline. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it doesn't make you don't have to be from a royal or a 300 family. You know, it's it's the bloodline is the bloodline, and it's it's everywhere. And the people waking up first, uh, it stands to reason we probably have a little bit more on the ball DNA wise than the average folks. Doesn't make us better, just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but again, you know, going back to reiterate what, that—that's when we first start talking. We talked about that concept of the indigo children, and this is where it goes with that too. It's a reawakening of a certain type of uh, bloodline. Mm-hmm. I and think they, we're all. Are you you guys were born in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was 70, born in fifty-two. So I think we're indigo. I'm not. Well, I'm hippie girls. Yeah, so it's this idea though that like people who are what would be considered now to be neuro untypical, mm-hmm. um, ADHD, Asperger's, that sort of stuff, is what the same set of diagnostic diagnostic traits that they were looking for of indigo children. Uh-huh. Nowadays, it's being called ADHD, ADD, mm. ADHD. Yeah, here it is. Um, you feel spiritually awakened. You are destined to be here. You have high expectations of yourself and others. You have a strong intuition. You question authority. You want to un- o- overturn the man. You're <laughs> yeah. creative. You're a change maker. You're a lost soul. You're headstrong. You're passionate and focused. You have psychic abilities. And you're frustrated. Well, that's everybody in the disclosure movement, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So it's also it's also like yeah, without you know that's putting a really quite positive new age spin on it because it's in the indigo children stuff. But a lot of those sorts of traits fit with ADHD too. Yeah, mm-hmm. feeling of the other, the other being the othered, separated. Mm-hmm. The idea 
year that a lot of kids who grew up like that have to wear a mask almost to try and fit in. The fact that they can't focus on the nitty-gritty bullshit, but they can focus on the stuff that really intrigues them, yeah? Yeah. Like, it was a, it was kind of like a, a more attractive way of describing ADHD. Individual. Yeah, it is. Make you feel better yeah. about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For myself. <laughs> Which I think that when you probably look at what was going on with Sarfati and and so on and so forth, well, it seems to be part of that sort of way of thinking, you know? I have no idea what those guys are trying to do. Mm, yeah, I don't know. All they seem to care about is the Chinese communists, Trump, and, and how to make a UFO fly. <laughs> yeah. And, so if that's what the aliens yeah. have told him, well, and that's what's led him to over his, how old is, is Sarfati? Yeah, but Sarfati doesn't is he's he had that experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now he's he's just interested in physics equations. Yeah. Um, I try to gently this is not gonna work. Mm -mm. Try to figure out our world and reality. Oh no, we can figure anything out. We're scientists. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I I don't understand them all that well. Well, I don't think they understand me either, but (laughs) Mm -mm. that's part of our problem, isn't it? Trying (laughs) to figure ourselves out. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not going to do that unless we look inside. And nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to look inside. Well, it's the nature of the spiritual journey. Like, what's the, one of the biggest lessons? You've got to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, nobody wants to do that. that. That's why the dark night of the soul is so helpful. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Because so, you I mean, have to face it. You've got to face it. And, and I was talking to a friend about this the other day. It's like the ego... Um, is very good at protecting us by stopping us from analysing our darker traits, what would be considered the more left-hand path traits. I love my darker traits. But yeah, and you, a lot of us have actually worked on it. I mean, yeah. Carl Jung's theory of shadow work, you got, you got to confront your shadow. Um, without doing that, you'll never know yourself. Um, people who run away from it, it's like the idea that, you know, have you ever fought a prejudiced thought? Are you are you prejudiced against a certain group? Are you a sexist? Have you ever been a bully? Have you ever stolen? Or, but all these things that you might have done them or fought them, but you're not willing to accept that that's the truth inside of yourself. Hmm. Even I hate everybody. Sense. Yeah, I, it's easy. I hate everybody. That's quite I a do, quote. I do hate everybody Equally. on occasion because everyone is so stupid. I, I you know. <laughs> Sounds like Sarfati. I don't care now. what color they are or religion they are. I just hate yeah, yeah, yeah. stupid, moronic, idiot people. And then, you know, of course, I do stupid things, so I hate myself. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, that's I'm, enlightenment right there. It is. You've reached it. You've reached it. I've done it. I've, I've done it all. I've done the work. But, done the but work. you have done the work. And we when we first when we first talked to when I first started to get to know you, this is what we talked about a lot. Dark night of the soul, yeah. 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 Because it is the pinnacle. It's what I needed. It. It was. It was horrific, and I'll spare you the details. But it. it, God damn. I mean, (laughs) I thought I was a tough son of a bitch, racing driver. Blah blah blah. Ooh, my dark night of the soul. Um, Luckily, I didn't have to go through it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some peers. Um, but it was so psychophysical horror, and it lasted two years. Compass mm-hmm. to divorce, and I. But man, it was like 2012, and I started feeling better, and that's when I met Taba and everything. I was like, it was like I, I, I had a second lease on life with much more clarity and 
Uh, so much, you know, no naivete, hardly whatsoever. And it, it, it was like something I had to go through. You know, you, they say it's like a child burning his hand. No, it's it's like going through war. Mm-hmm. Guys come back from war and they're like, man, they get it. Yeah. They but, get the worst of everything. They've seen the worst of everything. I'm amazed that I'm still alive, man. Yeah. Like I didn't think I was going to make it. It's all like I thought it was the end of me. I thought I was it. I was either going to end up like dead or um, in a psychiatric unit. Like, do you think we're just know. constantly going through it though? In some way, it's like we're. It's, well, it's almost it, like the near death experience or whatever. It's it, like we kind of we live it a little bit daily. And it's it's it gets bad people. some days, yeah, but it'll never be as bad as when you know. Right. 12 right. years ago for me right. because, you know, I had a, a, a physical side of it that, that just was brutal and it was mm-hmm. psychoactive and, and, and everything mm-hmm. like that. It was just, you know, and so, but yeah, there are some days. <laughs> yeah. The PTSD yeah, is real. Like, I mean, that's still there. God damn. I thought life was going to get better and it, <laughs> said it, it just sort it just of got better, you- but with more horror. Yeah. It makes you a searcher though, doesn't it? It yeah. makes you, it puts you on a quest, and, yeah. And then um, it is like it is like the Grail quest, man. It's trying to find these these big answers, and it's a quest that you can't get off. It's like it sticks you on a horse, and that horse keeps on galloping. And you the really cool part is, is down, that you can meet right? other people like us along the way. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, the beauty yeah. of it, right? Um, yeah, it's weird though because I guess it's the kick in the ass you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was yeah. sort of, you know, uh, UFOs and, you know, the deep state. And I was like, hmm, sort of some days I was interested in that. Other days I was looking at car magazines and, and you know, it, it was like, it wasn't really part of my life. It was just sort of a sub sub hobby, yeah, you yeah. know, behind a lot of other things. And then all of a sudden the scams of the world, the, the legal system, the medical system, the government system, all of a sudden that was on the forefront of my mind and it never left. Right. You know, I, yeah, I can go work in my garage and take a drive in a car. But when I take a drive in a car, I meditate with the music off. And I think about all this stuff because it is the most important thing. Because the the stuff we're involved in involves everyone. Yeah. And it involves the, the universe, too. It's like, you know, I get angry at E.T. I'm like, fuck you guys. You know, everyone's suffering on this planet and nobody's. I'm sure they're helping out some way, but it's very mild and you guys have to do all the work. And it's like, well, okay, if you're going to do that and earth is the worst place in the universe, uh, we might go down another, another race of, 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 you know, in the, in the universe gone. Yeah. um, Yeah. We have to do it ourselves. That's all good advice, but from what I can gather, there's so many bad people involved with Earth and the human race that it's like, man, if we don't get a little cosmic help, we're just we're we're done. But this is this is this is I think is where you have to reach inside and you have to think about things like this. like you know these sorts of belief systems is how you can sit in front of a tank in Tiananmen Square and how you can set yourself a light in the face of opposition. Like those monks in Vietnam and stuff. Yeah, Th- that's true human spirit, and that's yeah. how we advance. Yeah. Well, I need to go and have a drink of water or something, man. I'm so thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it, I love you guys. Yeah, right back at you, man. Like, 
Seriously. Fuck you. <laughs> I knew you were going to say he's not capable. I knew it. I'm a contrarian. I can't, I can't do the lovey-dovey thing. I know. I know. That's, my, that's my way of saying it. It's like, you know, men beat each other up to show their effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know that. I know well, you meant it with you, man. love. Fuck, fuck you, man. You, fuck you, man. I know you meant it with love. Fuck you, man. <laughs> fuck you, <too>, man. <laughs> uh, you, got, you guys are good don't let guys. The, don't let the gins and archons infest your soul at night. I never. Fuck them. Sleep fuck well. Em. Well... On that note, it's time to go. It's good speaking to you, boys. Like it's always yeah. a pleasure. Love you guys. Yeah. We'll talk right. to you too, Warner. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. Hey, dudes. Oh wait, I gotta take this call. Please. Oh hi, Chris. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>